0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block podcast. Nathan Stacken here, alongside my good friend and co-host, sports director at KORN Radio in Mitchell, South Dakota, voice of the Colonels. It's Travis Crins. Travis, how we doing?
1: Good. We're getting towards
0: December. We're done with Thanksgiving. And... Yeah, l- let me let me be among the last to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, and let me be among the first to wish you a happy Boxing Day.
1: Boxing Day.
0: God damn. what what is Boxing Day? It's it's a it's Canadian Christmas essentially. It's where you just I, I think that's uh, let, let let's look up what Boxing Day is, but I believe I mean it's essentially uh, like Christmas. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll get it here. Uh, yeah, Boxing Day. Uh though, okay. Though it originated as a holiday to give gifts to poor people, today um, Boxing Day forms part of Christmas celebrations with many people choosing to take advantage of Boxing Day sales. It originated in Great Britain as it's, I thought it was Canada, so my apologies, it it was originated in Great Britain and is celebrated in several Commonwealth nations, Uh, so... Boxing Day is also concurrent with the Christian festival Saint Stephen's Day, which is considered the second day of Christmas. What a deal! But I, I do see here they have a there's a picture of Boxing Day crowd shopping at Toronto's Eaton Centre. So I mean, so I was partially correct there that it is observed in Canada, uh, Commonwealth nations, whatever. Yeah, Canada. India, some the Australia, some other uh, African countries as well.
1: There yeah, we go. Received some snow last week. It was a little bit on the ground yet, and it looks like we're going to be dry for the most part for a while. So, yeah.
2: Did Thank you have you. a good Thanksgiving?
0: Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Stuff your face full of food
1: yeah it was good we had just enough food we had just a couple more meals of leftovers so we didn't have
2: a ton of leftovers which is nice so my parents came over
1: my brother his girlfriend came over a couple hours later once we were done eating they were in the area so yeah it worked out the food was good the body was good
0: very good. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Did you do any Black Friday shopping? I know you, were, you had to work on Friday, right?
1: I worked on Friday. We went out to Walmart and all. Friday night to see what they had. Um, We really didn't do much of anything.
0: Okay. Well, that's good, though. That's uh, Sometimes that's all you need. Speaking of not doing anything, the Minnesota Vikings didn't do shit Monday night. We're not going to spend much time on this game. There's nothing to say that's really any good uh it was bad game uh bad offense bad um bad defense there on that last drive you know maybe you should uh you know you, you blitz so much and why do you drop back in coverage not good especially after uh the vikings were handed a gift by the green bay packers beating the lions on thanksgiving um I, I kind of was nervous about this game going in because you hear, oh, Justin Jefferson's not going to play, but he'll come back after the bye. I'm like, ooh, you know, I feel like they probably could use him tonight. And you just kind of got that sense like, oh, well, it's fine. They're playing the Bears. And, uh, yeah, probably could have used him. Dobbs, uh, you need to roll out a little bit more. And after you recover that second fumble, there, you got to get a first down. Um Poor, poor play calling there. A lot of blame to go around. Season's not ending. You know, the sky's not falling. But um, all that Dobbs hyperbole and uh, stuff, uh, all the Dobbs uh, chatter has gone down significantly.
1: Yeah, defense was good. Offense was really bad. Oh, you know. Yeah, because I I hate I hate percentages of things where they say if they win this game, they got an 80% chance at the playoffs, but mm-hmm. if they lose it, they've got a 60% chance. Yep. Like none, of that, none of that makes sense. So, yep. um, yeah, well, If you have to pick a team who's going to make the playoffs, you might look at the Packers right now. Mm-hmm. Got the Saints and the Rams there, but you maybe give an edge to the Packers a little bit. And... So we talked about Dobbs, and I kept bringing up all the bad stuff he's doing because anybody wants to talk about is all the good stuff he's doing, but he was also doing a lot of bad stuff. And then, you no know, interceptions that were not caught caught up to him, and turnovers and these things that were not happening in the previous weeks all happened, and there we probably should have had at least six interceptions.
0: The, the really three of the four were on him. The the fourth the other one that wasn't was the one to Addison. I mean yes there was a there was some zip on that ball, but Addison should have caught it. I mean it goes right. In, it, three of the four were off of deflections, which is, yeah. um, you know. I that
1: Probably should have been a pick six. That yes. wasn't.
0: Yep. Yep. So
1: yeah, you feel like he should have ran more. He should have gotten um gotten
0: in two run more. Yeah, I, I think you've got to string him out on some bootlegs, right? Roll him out. Especially that last drive. Roll him out and then say, either throw it or go down. You know, like, just keep doing that. Seems so, like the longer
1: he plays, the worse he gets. So he comes in, doesn't know anybody, doesn't know any of the plays, does fine.
2: Then mm-hmm.
1: you're now a month, it seems like he gets a little worse every week, so... Like, I would start Jaron Hall against the Raiders. You're coming off of a little bye. you got two weeks. You look good. One quarter you played against the Falcons. So uh, Nick Mullins doesn't need to be activated. Correct. And he doesn't need to be your backup. I, that's a waste of time. Let's see what you got in Jaron Hall. Uh, big games against, what, New Year's Eve against the Packers. it will be a Sunday night game. That's awfully, awfully big
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, right now. Yet, at the end of the game, they had it with, with three and a half minutes to go, and all they had to do was get a couple first downs, but they couldn't do anything. So this goes back to not running the ball, not being able to run the football, and they just thought, yeah, we're not going to worry about that, which I just...
0: Or how about vanilla play calling? Like, it just... Don't play not to lose. Play to win. I get that there were four turnovers, but that's why you got to roll Dobbs out. And I think that's what contributed to the interceptions. You got to utilize Dobbs' strengths, and that is he's better on the move and evading sacks. You got to roll him out. Don't just keep him in the pocket.
1: Last week, they tried that deal with uh, Hawkinson, or he was the quarterback, and then he pitched it to Dobbs. Mm
2: hmm. I
1: like a third and one at the thirty and the first drive of the game. It's like what yep. a waste. Yep. We we haven't seen that play before that. We probably won't see it again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why waste it on the first drive of the game?
2: hmm
1: Um that's like a really good two point conversion. That's like a really good fourth and one call. Something you haven't seen ever. So I don't know, it is and then they come to the end of the game, and there's uh, he, he goes for fourth and seven from the forty-nine. What was that? The
0: third quarter. He just decides to go
1: for it. I'm like,
0: All right. I, I kind of like the cojones on that. I, I do. But it, did, it didn't work, and it led to a field goal. And he, it was a half yard shy. If he if Dobbs throws that pass out, and so Jeff, or so Hawkinson doesn't have to reach back to it or wait for it, he gets that uh, that first down.
2: But they didn't, and
1: yeah. your defense was playing well, so I like don't give the Bears any chance to score, don't give them anything. And they did, and you know, if they punt there, they probably win the game. It's yeah, and you calling at the end two runs and a pass, nine yards short of World War to get to. That's
0: what I mean, it's... you got you to roll them out there, you know. To yeah, say yeah, it, you I know. Did.
1: it was bad, bad all you yeah. know. If it, um, if Addison stays inbound Or the pass And the whole quarter is
0: inbounds That's the touchdown And the Vikings win But they, that was the same drive though That they that Hawkinson scored on Oh
2: it?
0: Yeah I think so Yeah Pretty sure But you're right I mean it, But I also Addison needs to know Where he's on the field It seemed like he was lost
1: It's just a lot of uh, There's really not any good thing You can say about the offense yep. the Offensive line wasn't very good Yep Yep. they were really bad. Bears, Bears defense was good, and they just give you the game. Fields fumbles twice in the fourth quarter. It's like, mm-hmm. please beat us, play again. Here's the ball again, please. I just they just could not score. I so. don't
0: understand why Flores doesn't blitz there though. At the end, why are you dropping back and cu- like? It just it, you got to put a little pressure on. I know there was an intentional grounding penalty that maybe should have been called. That wasn't, but. I mean come on you can't allow DJ Moore the best wide receiver to get that open across the nail that that's a that's a bad it'll
1: they it blitz all the time I like what are the stats when they blitz they blitz all the time so how how does the quarterback do when they blitz versus when they don't blitz I haven't seen those stats
0: they complete a lot of passes but they don't gain a lot of yards on it
1: because the Bears just didn't throw the ball downfield at all, and mm-hmm. just all the short stuff, which I assume was to counteract the pressure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, Justin Fields' numbers looked—it didn't look very good when you're throwing it a bunch and you're not picking up any yards of the short passes. But yeah. you know, and at the end there. You want the Bears to use their timeouts, but they got to the 10, 15-yard line with a minute to go, and they were wasting time. They got down there with more than enough time, and they were just wasting time. So time was not an issue. Mm -hmm. It did not take nearly enough time off the clock. And the the coach who put it well, how did he put it? We have enough. How did he put it with Dobbs? we, We have enough. To evaluate something,
0: or he put it in a very interesting way to say, yeah, he's not going to start back." Well, they, I,
1: there is we uh, a... We have to reevaluate. Re- re- there, is, there is
0: an interest of it. Yep. Well, if they, there's an, uh, Kevin O'Connell said on Tuesday that they will spend the next few days deciding which of their three quarterbacks, uh, that yeah. includes Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall, is best suited to maximize Justin Jefferson's skills. So. Correct. I mean, I, again, like it's important to note, you know, that they that they did win the first four games without Jefferson, and that this offense it will be infinitely better with Jefferson on the field. Um, but so you got to get the quarterback, and really, I don't think it matters if it's Hall or Dobbs, because neither has worked with. Uh, with Jefferson, at least you know, Hull me yeah, a little I bit. I don't
1: think Justin Jefferson is this end-all, be-all. He's the solution to the
2: problem. Right no, now. but he
0: can open up more of the field, more space for Osborne or uh, Powell. I really like Brandon Powell. He's he's very good. I love Josh Metellus on defense. Daniil Hunter, resign him, please. Um, a lot of a lot of good things on defense. Here, now the offense just needs to pick. Them. And only, if only they had Kirk Cousins, because they would be rolling right now. Eas- I would easily say eight and four. I, oh, I
1: can't. Watching this team for 30 years, I can't say that they'd be rolling. No. I mean, two years in a row, all these close games. Like, they're trying to win. Their yeah. goal is to win every week, and here we are. Mm-hmm. This has happened now for two years in a row. Yep. Where mm-hmm. every game is close. It's like. I thought, okay, last year was last year. Oh, this is the same year. It's like, how does this continue to happen?
0: It's a great question. I don't know. Great, and I I don't don't know. Know. we're
1: going to do this again. Is this
0: going to happen next year again? Again, you can see that Spider-Man meme, and it's like pointing at yeah. one another. It's like who's who? It's that's the Chargers and the Vikings. They're just, they're the same team in just different conferences.
1: Pretty um, much, It's like. Yeah. It's you know I don't I don't need to see a playoff game I don't I don't need that I don't need to play San Francisco and I don't know that's I a hard pass on that. Well, so San I
0: Francisco plays Philadelphia this week in a very uh, arguably one of the top four or five anticipated games of the year. The Eagles were involved in, I would say, probably the game of the year thus far against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday in the torrential rain in Philly. Buffalo is controlling the game, especially in the first half. The Eagles' offense can't do jack shit, uh, but the Bills, you know, James Cook drops a pass that likely would have resulted in a touchdown, uh, a missed horse collar against Buffalo or against Philadelphia. Uh, by Sean Hockley, who was looking directly at Josh Allen. Uh, hurt the Bills. They missed a field goal. They really missed They missed two field goals, so it should have been up by more than 10 points at the half. Eagles you know, score a touchdown, and then they alternate touchdowns in the second half. Buffalo, uh, Josh Allen throws a pick. The Eagles score a touchdown. Buffalo responds, and it just goes back and forth. They had a chance to win it in overtime, Josh Allen and Gabe Davis weren't on the same page. They have to kick a field goal. Eagles drive down and and get the game-winning touchdown. I just this game had so much and they played so well in the rain, which I thought was surprising. But again, I I, I the Eagles are a very good team, but they are not as good as they were last year. Yet somehow they keep winning these close games, which is a sign of a great team. But I just if you if they are not passing the eye test compared to last year, and I think they will lose this week against San Francisco.
1: They are the worst ten and one team ever.
0: Yeah, I mean they lost to Zach Wilson and the Jets.
1: The one losses to that bunch. They have the second worst run differential for any. Whether ten or one, they ten one. Yep. They have the second worst run differential for any 10-1 team ever. There's been like 55 10-1 teams. Mm -hmm. And the only other team is some Raiders team from the 60s or 70s that's had a worst point differential. So, yeah, they're not – and Jalen Hurts was terrible. Um,
0: His knee is clearly bothering him. Knee is bothering him. The knee is bothering him, you can tell
1: the knee well
0: but i mean and, but
2: yes he and, wasn't and, good
1: can you just wait for san francisco but they always let you down it's like you're waiting for them to do something but they always lose in the playoffs and you got detroit there you got dallas there and i mean that's about it i mean there should be a four 14 playoff and they end up seeing no
0: it yeah I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get on detroit i mean th- their defense is horrendous uh, losing, They should have lost against Chicago. You lose against Green Bay on Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, Detroit, you're a year away from really competing with the big dogs. I think it's Dallas. I th- Really, I think it's just Philadelphia and San Francisco at this point. Dallas has to prove it to me that you can win games against um, good teams, and they haven't really done that yet.
1: Yeah, NFC's a mess. AFC's a mess, so...
0: Yeah, Broncos have won five in a row. Uh, crazy. The Jets. Did you see any of this Black Friday game? Like the. the, no, the not hail, a
2: second.
0: Not a second. Okay. Well, there was a hail mary that was returned for a touchdown. Uh, Patriots Giants played one of the worst games of the year. Um, it seems like the Giants are involved in a lot of that. And the Carolina Panthers fired head coach Frank Reich. After 11 games, now granted, the Panthers have been terrible this year. The offense is not good. They have the number one overall pick and Bryce Young. David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, should probably get out of this uh, out of this owning franchises and running them because he's awful um, at I guess at picking the right people to help lead the team because he's just fired his third head coach now. And yeah, if you just look at that roster it's not a good roster they don't have offensive talent they have really undermined what Bryce Young can do because they don't have any weather. like you needed I don't know why they had to part with DJ Moore in Go that ahead. if that was like just a, exactly what the Bears were requesting I would have tried to trade for you know maybe two to get CJ Stroud or someone like that. Uh, you heard all about Frank Reich has never coached a quarterback under six feet or five ele- five foot 11, whatever. Uh, and clearly he didn't have success with Bryce Young. But when you trade away your best offensive weapon and you bring in just these random guys off the street, I mean, Adam Thielen's towards the end of his career, Miles Sanders wasn't anything special in Philadelphia, Hayden Hurst decent tight end but not gonna light the world on fire lavisca chanel like there's just nothing there in carolina to be able to put forth a consistent effort of course bryce young is gonna fail and the offensive line has failed him so i like the blame should go on the gm and the owner not just the head coach of course the owner can't fire himself but David Tepper has fired a lot of head coaches. He fired uh, his manager of the Charlotte NLS team that made the playoffs. Tepper is the problem for the Carolina Panthers, and Panthers fans would love it if he would sell the team. Uh, You might be good at uh, being a hedge fund manager and making your billions that way, but you suck as an owner, and until you can look yourself in the mirror and say, the problem starts with me, uh, the Panthers will continue to be mired in mediocrity.
1: Like, you just look at what the draft is. Good. Like we knew what the draft was going to be this year. We knew what it was going to be a year ago. We knew all these quarterbacks and Marvin Harrison and a couple of offensive tackles. And, okay, you like Bryce Young, and you trade-up for him, but it's like, boy, I mean, you look at the Bears. Bears are sitting really good right now. They got a chance to get a quarterback. They got a chance to maybe get a receiver or a big-time offensive lineman. The Bears have a chance to... To do something big here
2: for them, yes.
1: yep. um, but that's going to be just a horrendous trade, the way Bryce Young's playing, and you never know how it's going to go, but...
0: Well, how attractive is this job for Caroline? I mean, yes, you do have Bryce Young, who I believe is a very talented quarterback, but you need to su- surround him with real weapons. I mean, given the, the track record or the history that Tepper has with firing coaches on a you know, somewhat, you know, I mean, he's trigger happy when it comes to firing coaches. So, they got to go offensive guy, I think, to to use Bryce Young. And I, I'm going to take this from Good Morning Football. I think it was Jamie Erdahl that said it. Maybe uh, Scott Pioli. But Bill O'Brien, the Patriots offensive coordinator, was in Alabama with Bryce Young. Is he the only one that's really a good fit for the Panthers because they are tied to... Bryce Young and the next head coach is going to need to work with Bryce Young to get the most out of him? I mean, is Bill O'Brien really the only option for them at this point? Yeah, I go with that,
1: I guess. But yeah, it's just weird that to, to fire a coach so early, 11 games in. Yeah. So whoever they bring in is not going to matter. It's not going to make a difference. So yeah, bad, bad ownership can really suck the life out of a team.
0: Sure can. Uh, big Thursday night game this week. Well, they're not really. Seahawks, Cowboys. Cowboys will roll over them. Chiefs, Packers is Sunday night. Uh, Broncos, Texans a really good game in the noon slot there on CBS. You got Lions, Saints, which yeah. 49ers, Eagles is the game of the week though. So that is the uh, the game to watch. Uh, Hopefully, San Francisco wins that. Any other NFL thoughts before we dive into what was really a fantastic rivalry weekend in college football?
1: Something I'm tired of is that when I hear an announcer in any sport say, oh, there's a lot of time left, that means there's not a lot of time left. If they say that, that means there's not a lot of time left. Um, CJ Stroud should be the MVP. Like who else would be in that discussion, I'm not quite sure.
2: Christian McCaffrey
1: four MVP guys. Kind of like a bad year for the Heisman almost.
0: Yep. But, oh, this is not a bad year for the Heisman, I don't think. This is I think they there is two, two players. It's a it's a two horse race at this point for the Heisman. Um, yeah. um like
1: you know, he he got C.J. Stroud got Houston in position to leave a tie. Jacksonville, they missed a, 50, what, a 58-yard field goal.
0: Yep,
2: yep.
1: And the, uh, the Philadelphia kicker made a 59-yard field
0: goal. For, in the uh, rain. How did he make that field goal?
1: Well, it was wet. It was a crazy kick on the grass. So um, one kicker makes it, one kicker doesn't. And it's really the quarterback doesn't have anything to do with that. So yeah, we got what six weeks to go here. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the MVP award, right? I think CJ Stroud is in the top three. The other two that I would put up there would be Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. I think All I right. would I think I would put I think it would be Christian McCaffrey one. C.J. Shroud 2, Tyreek Hill 3. Right now. For me.
1: I've never thought C.J. McCaffrey meant anything when it comes to wins or losses. Because when he was with the Panthers, it didn't matter if he was there or not. They were so bad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And with the 49ers, he's having a, another good year, but they, they've been good without him. And they're good with him. Oh. Yeah, remember, mm-hmm. remember, having the best rookie year ever. Yes. Yep. They're probably going to make playoffs. And, yeah, just a down year for, for that sort of thing. So.
0: For sure. For sure. Let's go to college football here. Um, there's, a, there's some head coaching news that we need to get into. First off, congratulations to James Madison and Jacksonville State. They are bowl-bound thanks to... Some five-win teams not winning their games. Hawaii makes a 51-yard field goal against Colorado State to keep them from bowl eligibility, so there aren't enough spots to get filled with bowl-eligible teams. So James Madison and Jacksonville State are both making it to a bowl game. Very uh, happy for that. Minnesota also going to a bowl game at 5-7. Yay, Gophers. Uh, Their quarterback, Aiden caliuk Manis. Apparently, is entering the transfer portal. So uh, things are not going great in the Gopher football program right now. But.
1: Who the fuck would want him?
0: Jesus
1: Christ. I don't know. <laughs> what Division II school is he going to end
0: up at? Well, uh, I mean, maybe he could go to Illinois State. He's oh, Illinois. good luck. Good luck. But this was. We had the game with Michigan and Ohio State. And Michigan won. It, it was a back-and-forth game. Michigan led throughout, Ohio, but they never could put Ohio State away. It was fine. But the moment of rivalry weekend happened down in Auburn, Alabama, between Auburn and Alabama. Fourth and goal from the 31-yard line for Alabama, trailing by four. It's That's not a misprint. We didn't misspeak. It's fourth and goal from the 31, and... Jalen Milrow hits Isaiah... Boy, I, I can't even remember his name, but...
2: Isaiah uh,
0: Pacheco. No, not Isaiah Pacheco, the guy from Rutgers, who runs harder on every play than than anyone in the NFL. I'm going to get the, the Isaiah here. It's uh, Isaiah Bond, excuse me, Isaiah Bond... For the the touchdown, Auburn dropped eight back. Like, it's a stunning loss. This this rivals the the kick, uh, the 109-yard missed field goal return for a touchdown that College Game Day actually touched on in their uh, during their show. But uh, to me, this was the moment of the weekend. I don't know how Auburn. I mean, it was amazing that Auburn was even in this game, given that they had just lost to New Mexico State by three touchdowns the week before. How they were able to, I, I, mean, I just, I, I'm almost speechless. I don't know how they allowed Alabama to convert that. It's inexcusable and almost a fireball offense, really.
1: Yeah, you freeze a bird. They were 6 of 17 throwing the football all over a while. So somehow they played in this game. Yeah, like Alabama, they, they need some things right to make, you know, they, they got to win and need some help here to make this thing interesting on Saturday. But, yeah, that was a bad, a bad win for Alabama. That looked bad. Beaten, beating a 6-6 six and six Auburn team in a you know, miracle finish. That was pretty bad. They, so. they,
0: they're they like a cat with nine lives this year. Alabama, you just when you think they're out, you know, the, the South Florida game comes to mind. Um, you know, certainly this game against Auburn and Texas. Like every time you think Alabama football is down and out, oh, here they come roaring right back.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean they would have been impressive here. He could have made the case. All right, they're they're in the mix, but they need a lot to, to happen on Saturday. But yeah, that was bad. Good weekend though. With a lot of close games, so like you know, Ohio State, Michigan is probably game of the year, considering uh, play it out, and what was at stake and everything. It was a good game and a lot of extra stuff. It's I think it probably made it the game of the year.
0: It's a shame both teams couldn't lose. Um, I'm going to ask Charlie this when he comes on with me later. But I, I, I think there's a chance Ryan Day gets ousted out at Ohio State it doesn't seem like the fan base is infatuated with him, and you lose three in a row to Michigan. I mean, that's—I'm not saying it's the right move, but I think Ryan Day's on the outs in in, in Columbus. Something just isn't really clicking. I don't think.
1: I think he's forty and zero in the Big Ten against teams other than Michigan.
2: Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> and it's, it's not like they're getting blown out. I like their Penn State. It's like they're losing. Losing in the last seconds. Losing in the last minute. But they like haven't really looked and good. Fan, you know, you need to win a national title. But you made the playoff, I think, one year, losing to Michigan. And then you lost to mm-hmm. Georgia in another game that came down to, like, a, a field goal in the last second.
0: Yes, last year.
1: Again, like, yeah, they, they should not fire him. He has done exceptionally well I mean it's it's ridiculous to even to even say that like what it's it's when 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 teams and coaches and fans get like that it's like really well we only finished fucking 12-1 this year we didn't win a national title it's like fine uh be what Florida's become. want to be what Florida was (laughs) there there isn't
0: anymore well who would you replace him with I mean, huh? who would you replace him with at Ohio State? Who is out there that you're like, yes, we have to have this guy? Would you go back to the Urban Meyer? I I, I doubt it.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people say well, anybody could probably win there, but it's it's ridiculous. It is entered it in watching that game. I have been a big, real big Ohio State fan. But if we're looking at who are the four best teams, I would have to say Ohio State's probably one of them. There's a lot of ways to look at who should get into the playoff. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it's probably going to be Georgia, Michigan, uh, the Oregon-Washington winner, and then if the State wins, they'll be in, and they'll get just demolished by Georgia. But it's like, yeah, you feel like uh, Ohio State's better than... Florida State, you feel like probably Alabama is better than Florida State. You feel like Washington is better than Florida State. So it it would suck to to, to have Florida State in there. So you want to root for Louisville because Mm
2: -hmm. I I prefer to pretty much see anybody in there. And I feel like Ohio State should be in that discussion of
1: who should be in if Florida Florida State loses – That opens it up for Texas.
0: I was just going to say, I would have to almost favor Texas over. but they're a team that's like, all right, you watch them every week, and there's a reason why I pick them to lose every week because they don't look good. Mm -hmm. But neither does Ohio State, for the most part.
1: Ohio State's living there. They look fine. Like Texas, again, like I would, like if Alabama played Texas right now, who would win? If they played in the Sugar Bowl, who would win that game? Yeah. Back in, I are you picking Texas to beat Oklahoma uh, Alabama? Probably not.
0: I think I am. I think I'm taking Texas to beat Alabama.
1: Uh, I would take Alabama to beat to, to beat them. And Oregon Oregon is what almost a ten point favorite over Washington. And yet Washington yeah. is still ranked above them. And then you watch these games every week. And Washington just slips by, like well, they're not better than Oregon,
0: right? Yep, I I agree agree with that, and I think if if Washington had looked better, I'm going to throw the rivalry game with Washington State out of the window, you know, it it, or just I'm going to put that aside. I'm looking at the games more against like Arizona State, uh, against you know Stanford or or Cal, like I'm looking. At the other games that Washington has had that that they have played, because they have not looked good since beating Oregon, and even Oregon that was a close game. I think, or Oregon's playing fantastic football right now, and if they win, I, the, I'm going to say it right now: the the winner of the Pac-12 is uh, of this championship game is guaranteed to make. <laughs> the college football playoff. If Oregon wins, they're going to jump over, for sure, Washington. Then you just need to jump over one other team. I think they do that easily over whoever. I mean, they they annihilated Oregon State in the Civil War. Uh, I mean, they've been playing absolutely great football. Uh, Washington escaped Oregon State with a two-point win last uh, the week before in the rain. They did beat Utah, and they have beat... Well, I mean, I guess... It's not quite as bad as, I think, it, it, too many close calls for Washington here. Michael Penix Jr. has not played all that well. I would have, it would be a fascinating discussion. And I, I think I know where the committee would land. But between Ohio State, Washington, and Texas, in terms of which team would or is deserving to make it into the college football playoff. And and then if we want to get really crazy, what if Alabama somehow beats Georgia? Well, then what do you do? Like I don't think you can put Alabama in ahead of Texas. They would need
1: Texas and Florida State to lose if that were to happen, I think Alabama would get in.
0: I would like to see Would you put would Georgia be in even if they have one loss? And Alabama yeah. beat them? Like, who is Georgia beating?
1: Yeah, Georgia would get in because they're the best team. They would fall to five. Because you'd have Michigan. Like, who would get in? Mi- Michigan would be there. Mm-hmm. Oregon would be there. Alabama would be there. And then who? Georgia? Probably Georgia.
0: And what, but what if Florida State wins?
1: Then Alabama's not right? going They need Alabama to lose and Texas to lose. They need the two teams ahead of them to lose in their conference. Title games it would have been a hell of a lot more interesting if Oklahoma could have played Texas than Oklahoma State. Like,
2: right. that
1: would have been
0: Yes. That probably
1: would have been the game of the week, maybe, depending yep. on how, how competitive Alabama can be.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Since
1: the first Texas Oklahoma game was, was very good. Uh, but now I'll tell you Oklahoma State, that, that does nothing for me. So I like, I don't put much weight at all at winning your conference. Like that doesn't do anything for me. It depends on what your conference is. All right, you mm-hmm. beat Texas, beats Oklahoma State to win their conference. That doesn't do anything for me. Mm hmm. Yeah. Very, yeah. How, how is Texas better than Ohio State?
0: I think the, the game I'm most fascinated by on Saturday is Louisville against Florida State because I want to see if Louisville can win. By them losing to Kentucky last week, sure, they're, a, th- they yeah. were kind of that, maybe that. Cinderella team that could maybe make their way into the college football playoff if a lot happened. It wasn't likely to happen, but they sell a shot. They don't have that anymore. But they can knock Florida State out. And then that would open the door for other teams. I think that's what a lot of people would like to see. Louisville win so we can kind of just get rid of Florida State because otherwise they're going to be limping in and no one really wants to see them in the playoff. The game of the week is, is... Oregon against Washington in the Pac-12 championship. That'll be on Friday night, and well, okay, what if Washington loses by on, on a last-second field goal? Yeah. Well, they would need for, I mean, the, the whole
2: mess in this is Florida State. They need to lose. If they don't lose, then it's going
1: to be another boring Sunday of there's going to be no intrigue. They're, oh, are they going to put them? No, they're not going to put in a one-loss team over Right. Right, state. but
0: if if or if Washington loses on a last-second field goal no. to Oregon, do they do they no. stay in ahead of no. uh, Texas? Would you no. put? No. Let me Look,
1: okay, who, who are the four best teams? I think it's Georgia 1, Michigan 2. Yep. Uh, I'll put Oregon at 3. Yes. Yep. And I'll put Ohio State at number 4. I think those are the four best teams that I've
0: seen this See, and I think that's where the fascinating debate's going to come down to, depending on how Washington loses. Like I say, if, if this is just. I think this is the only scenario where Washington could still get in is if they lose on a last second field goal in like a you know a 33-30 type of game similar to what they played uh in Seattle earlier this year where they lost when they won 36-33. I think that's the only way Washington would be able to get into the college football playoff combined with the Florida State loss.
2: I but don't think Texas
1: to those because if that happens, well right Texas probably getting it. So it, it. Any team that wins their conference is gonna get in over a team that didn't. So for for only the only thing Texas needs to do really
2: is oh Florida State loses. If Florida State loses, then Texas
1: is the next team up.
0: But let let me ask let me ask this then. What if Texas only beats Oklahoma State by four or Three. five points? Like did, it not they don't matter. But so, you I see, I think style is going to have... I think style points may play a factor into the decision here. Like, if
1: it was, then, like, Ohio's, like, should Ohio State drop it all? They were, what, they were at two? Yes. Did they were two or three. They were at three. They, they were
0: two, but I don't think they were. But you
1: switch them in Michigan, okay? Michigan's two, and Ohio State is three. You watch that game, you, you, you watch it, there's not much difference here between. Michigan and Ohio State games at Michigan. Mm-hmm. It, it comes down to the final play of the game, the final minutes.
0: Where uh, you know. See, I think. That, I don't know. I think Ohio State was overrated, overranked for much of this season. Yeah, I mean they really didn't do much for me, but their, but their defense is really good. And you just
1: look at, okay, who do you think would win if, if, if certain teams played? I don't think Texas is beating – I don't think they would beat Ohio State. And some of it just comes down to who's who's better? Like, we watch these games. We know who's – you know, can, can Michigan beat Georgia? That's that's probably the title game I would most like to see. I hope, Hopefully we get uh, – I would like probably Georgia-Oregon. Yeah, because that would be much more competitive than Florida State. Florida State, Oregon, but we saw Oregon Georgia last year, and that was bad. And uh, I know Michigan, Oregon, I think would be really good. I think Michigan would would beat Florida State pretty good. Mm -hmm. So I don't don't see, I don't see anything crazy happening. Maybe Louisville beats Florida State. If not, then it's going to be. You know, pretty
0: boring. Yeah, we're Um, running through a lot of different scenarios and possibilities here. Um, The only only question is, Oregon, Florida State, who is three and who is
2: four? That's really the only debate. And I would
1: think Florida State's probably going to be the three seed because of the one loss that Oregon has, even though it's it's not a bad loss. Um, Feels like too much weight is given if you lose a game. It's like... I feel like you can lose a game and still be ranked above a team
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's undefeated or ranked above a team that's that's lost before like if I was voting I would put Oregon ahead of Washington they played, Washington won I still think Oregon is better uh, we're going to find out Friday at the neutral sites Mm-hmm. Oregon wins this game by 2-3 touchdowns which I think is probably what's going to happen mm-hmm Um, Oregon should probably have been ranked ahead of Washington for for quite some time. So it's not all. If the game is really close, like that game was, I have no problem with the losing team being ranked ahead of the winning team based on what has happened. You just can't use that game. It's all right, Washington's better than Oregon. They beat them, and then Washington just continues to win by two, three, four points. It's like no.
0: Yep. Every week they
1: go out there, they barely. I mean, at some point that has to matter.
0: Yes. No. I, I they
1: can't all be. Well, they beat them. Well, yeah, they did six weeks ago, but since then, Oregon's looked really good, mm-hmm. and uh, Washington's not.
0: Yeah. So. I think I think we we're in agreement here. Certainly, the SEC is going to get one team in. Big Ten is going to get a team in, <laughs> unless unless I, I mean, how big of a stunner would it be if Iowa beat Michigan? How big? Like, this would be arguably maybe the, the, the one of the most massive upsets in college football history.
1: What is, what is the, what the the point spread
0: is? Uh, do you know or do you want me to guess? I know, I know. Okay, I just looked it up here. 23 points. Yeah. What's the over? Uh, I should check. What's the over under here? Is it 33?
1: 35 and a half. The oh. over under for Iowa points per half is at point five. It is literally a yes or no question. Will Iowa score in the first half? Will they score in the second half? That is what. That's they are looking at. I mean, you look at the you look at the, the numbers here. They are predicting a what a thirty to six final, somewhere on there, forty 20 nine to six final. It's literally will Iowa score in this thing?
2: Yeah,
1: I think Kirk Ferentz will retire at the end of the year.
0: I agree. If you look at, okay, so granted, it's ESPN analytics, you really can't, you, you have to take it with a grain of salt considering that Miami had a 3% chance to beat Boston last year in the NBA Eastern Conference semifinals. That's, the, you know, that's what ESPN said. But Iowa has a 7% chance, 7.4% chance to beat Michigan. I have to think you know, that that's what ESPN analytics say. I mean, it's lower than that. It's like, I would I would agree with that, but I'm thinking back to all of the Power Five. I I, I would be very curious to look back at some of these conference championship games of the Power Five in the Power Five. I'm not talking about the AAC or anything like that, but it, it, how many teams have a, have had a lower percentage and you're ranked, like if you, if it's ranked versus ranked
1: they didn't call that fair catch back against Minnesota
0: oh my god they could be in the Rose Bowl consideration
1: they'd be 11 and 1 yikes they would be they'd be probably no lower than 10 and they'd be going hey if we win this game we're going to be in the playoff
0: oh my god could you imagine Iowa in the
2: college football playoff
1: I mean you know they have the worst offense um, they scored the yards points it is incredible that they can be that bad they can be, like, a, a, a team of that caliber can be that bad moving the football. It is, it should be, it should be impossible.
0: Yeah. But. Oklahoma State uh, has an 11.9% chance of beating Texas this week, according to ESPN Analytics. I want to see what uh, Georgia and Alabama have. I'm guessing that's probably 70 70- mm-hmm two twenty eight. Louisville has a twenty five percent uh twenty five percent change chance of beating
1: I mean, it's uh Florida it's a two and a half point favorite. Like they didn't look good against Florida. Right. Like I, that, that's barely an like if Florida were to win like that's barely an upset.
0: Right. Like two and a half points
1: it's you know that needs to happen and that's the last game of the day. Mm-hmm. So we'll know a lot. You know, if everything goes as expected, you know, Florida State loses, I think then that opens it up for for Texas, and I, I certainly don't want to see that. In it. Like, if Texas loses, then that makes that Alabama game a whole lot more important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, the, and interestingly enough, in the SEC Championship game, and I think this is a little... Weird. Georgia has a fifty two point one percent chance of beating Alabama, forty seven point nine percent for Alabama. I would not have thought it would have been that close. Uh, I'd probably put it
1: at
0: 70-30. Yeah, I would have I would have put it there high sixties, low thirties. I would not do it low fifties, yeah. high forties. That especially
1: with how Alabama played last week. If they stopped Auburn, then he could say, All right, maybe sixty forty, but no, the way they played the way they played against Auburn, that was not not what you're
0: looking for you hit the game of the week last week with ohio state and michigan uh very close with the upset of the week georgia tech over georgia georgia tech only lost by eight points and then the watch your ass game of the week florida against florida state florida had a 12 nothing lead so you have done exceptionally well this year with all of these uh predictions so well done here do you want to do one this week or no Yes. Okay. There have been no
1: upsets. I don't think there's been a single upset all year.
0: Been very what through. is
1: what has been the what has been the biggest upset? Hmm. And the one uh, I think it like
0: Texas over it, Alabama.
1: And even that one, it's like all right. It was at Texas.
2: Oklahoma right now, over... Texas is
1: seven. Uh, Alabama is eight. So it's not like you know Texas is seven and five.
0: Uh, Oklahoma over Texas. That was a twelve over a three. Um, and even
1: that, I mean, even that, they always play close. That wasn't a i I'm talking about you know, some team you know, like early on it was you know like Duke beating Clemson was a stunner, but then Clemson wasn't all that good. Mm-hmm. Like they're just of those top teams because none of those top teams have lost. Texas right. who held the hell did Texas lose to Oklahoma. Yeah. And Alabama lost to Texas, and Texas is at seven.
2: Yep. And
1: Oregon lost to Washington, and Washington is four. Like nobody, nobody lost to anybody. A very weird year. Nobody lost to anybody
0: of of significance. Yeah, like a a monumental upset.
1: Like Georgia Tech beating Miami was surprising, but Miami's not in the mix, and that was Miami's own fault.
0: The close, right, the closest one that I'm seeing right now is Boston College nearly beating Florida State back in Week Three. They they lost thirty one twenty
1: nine. We had a lot of all oh, like Washington State beating Washington would have been a big deal. Yes. Yeah. But, it, but it didn't but it didn't happen. Like it it was close, but it yeah. But it didn't happen in North Missouri or Georgia. I had a couple of close calls, but yep. it was.
0: The stones by Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer, too, going for it on fourth and one from your own twenty-nine. That's that 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 takes some stones.
1: Well, they did the reverse and they picked up like
0: twenty. You, you had yeah. a good play ball.
1: You picked it up easily. It was.
0: Kevin yeah. O'Connell should take a t- should take a look at at how to run some but, of them plays.
1: So it's your. Know, Final right now next year. They'll have Michigan Ohio State. Both teams presumably would have made the playoff this year. So it takes a little bit out of the importance out of that game, I suppose.
0: Okay, so I'm looking at just the upsets right now. I'm through week seven. The biggest one that, in my mind, is Pittsburgh beating Louisville. Pittsburgh beating a 14th-ranked Louisville squad that was undefeated, 38-21. to Yeah.
2: Um...
0: <laughs> That's, that's the only one that that's I come it. across right now.
1: And you know, all these teams are undefeated or have one loss, and the one loss is to my team.
0: Well, Louisville's one loss was to a bad pit team. That, that's the Louisville worst Louisville
1: loss. Team, and, then they, and they lose to Kentucky.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know, Louisville could have been in the mix if they just would have beat Kentucky. They could have, well, they could have been in this discussion.
2: But. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. The the upset has not happened here. Uh, Okay, so Game of the Week. Is it the Pac-12, or are you looking somewhere else?
2: Uh, Pac-12.
1: I'm going to go with Alabama-Georgia. Okay. Uh, Because, like, the Pac-12 is pretty much winners in, losers out. So we know that. And... The SEC, if Alabama were to somehow win, is that enough on its own to vault them up the up to the top four? Uh, is Georgia, is that with the loss? Are they still in? I think they are. Would they put in two SEC teams in, both with one loss? Um, I'd be interested in that. So I'm going to go with Georgia, Alabama.
0: Okay, how about the upset of the week?
2: let uh,
1: upset. go Louisville beating Florida State to knock them out.
0: I agree with that. And how about the watch your ass game of the week?
1: Oh boy, just Oklahoma State's looked bad recently. Should have probably lost to BYU. Any other game's pretty close. Um Let's go like SMU and Tulane. Let's go with
0: that. I like that. I like that. Hopefully Tulane wins. They would be all but assured a spot in the New Year's Six game if that were the case. Uh, FCS playoffs need to just make note of that quick. SDSU will play Mercer, and that game should not be a contest. That's at, what, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN+. North Dakota State ran over Drake sixty-six to three. They will take on Montana State. I think that's easily the best game of the of the second weekend of the FCS playoffs. I Montana State is disappointed here uh, down the stretch. This is a tough game. I really do think this is a toss-up. I'm going to go Montana State, but North Dakota State's playing some really good football right now. Not that we should be surprised by that. No. Yeah. It's
1: Montana
0: State. I'll take Montana. <laughs> I will too. I'm just uh, hesitant. I uh, Sacramento oh, oh, put up forty-eight. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, apparently, we, he's, excited. he's excited about it. Is he excited? Does he <laughs> want Montana State, or is he for North? Uh, is he for the Bison? Uh, he's for Georgia. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Um. <laughs> Sacramento State beat North Dakota 42-35. to 35. They go to USD here. I I'm, I think Sacramento State wins this game. I like their offense a lot, and I think they get the job done against USD. Yeah, me too.
1: Their offense is really good. So we're going to see if USD can stop them. USD is a six-and-a-half-point
0: favorite. That seems like a lot. It does. It does. Um, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. Southern Illinois and Idaho the last game of the day at 9 o'clock Central Standard Time that's going to be on ESPN2. That's a sneaky good game. I think Southern Illinois, their defense can kind of hang with Idaho. I'm going to take Idaho, but that's a that's that's a good game. And Delaware's comeback over Lafayette. Delaware's going to go play Montana. and They're going to get shellacked. But Delaware, by the way, going to Conference USA, like, whatever. Okay, congrats to you
1: guys. There's going to be in the next five years, I saw this, where like the top half is going to break away. And then the FCS.
2: I saw
0: like the, a like a Missouri yeah. Valley Big Sky combination.
1: Yeah, like the old FCS is now going to be like the second tier of the FCS. And the FCS is just going to be That's that Division Two. Yeah. SDSU, so, they're a thirty-one and a
0: half point. hopefully they win. Hopefully they cover, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, yeah, let me get to the quarters. Army-Navy
1: and... next week, what a, what a pleasure. What's that? Army-Navy next week, but oh. what a pleasure that yes. week.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, we'll cover that game extensively next week. I want to
1: get to the uh, next Arkansas offensive coordinator is.
0: is this, uh, obviously, it's got to be someone I know. Yes. Not Zach Luan, is it?
1: No, he used to be
0: the head coach at Arkansas. Oh, Bobby Petrino? Yes. Holy shit.
1: He's now the Arkansas.
0: That's Well, Mike Elko goes from Texas A&M to... Or goes from Duke to Texas A&M. Uh, I mean, he did a great job at Duke, but I feel like this is... It's one thing to turn Duke around in the ACC, a watered-down ACC. It's another thing to... Compete in the SEC, Texas A&M. Um, he will do better than. Well, I'm sure he'll do better than Jimbo Fisher, but I don't think it's. Thirty percent of the cost. Well, yeah, but I don't think it's going to be to the levels that of A&M competing for SEC titles.
1: But they've never they've never been good. They like they've never been good though. Like they, this isn't like Texas or Oklahoma. Right. Like what 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 do they think they are? I don't. I don't know. It's, it's like oh well, we're, we're Texas A and M yeah what about you? you're an eight win team usually what you're just this middle of the road big twelve team and you go to the SEC and Johnny Manziel has a good year and you have a one good year with Jimbo Fisher like yeah once in a while maybe you could be a ten win team but usually you're gonna be You're going to be the sixth-best team in that conference, and that's in a good year.
0: Jonathan Smith left Oregon State for Michigan State. Um, He did wonders with the Beavers, so we'll see if he can do the same thing with the Spartans. Um, I think
1: we're going to get uh, probably Washington and Alabama in a bowl game. That'll probably be by far the best. The best bowl game out there, Washington Alabama. The whatever the hell
0: they're going to be in the Sugar Bowl or whatever. The uh, yeah, Sugar Bowl or whatever it's going to be. And we get a real Rose Bowl? Oh, yeah. No. Well, uh, oh. the Damn it! This the uh, the Rose Bowl is going to be one of the college football playoff yeah. semifinals. So we're not even going to get a traditional Rose Bowl here with like Washington playing Ohio State in the Rose yeah. Bowl. That's a that's a bummer.
1: Like uh, Tulane and Penn State in the Peach Bowl. Mm. That's a you know, winnable game for two of right?
0: them. Yes.
1: The yes. uh, Texas and Missouri in the Cotton Bowl. And you have Ohio State and Louisville in the Orange Bowl. Those are your. You have Notre Dame and LSU. They're probably going to play. Whatever the game in Tampa is, I don't know what the hell. It... Quest Bowl, what was that? I don't know what that used to be called. Outback that. Bowl? Is that the Citrus Bowl or not? The Citrus Bowl. It was... uh,
0: Outback Bowl used to... it was in Tampa. Is that,
1: okay, that one, a, Notre Dame LSU? That's yeah, Brian Kelly.
0: That would be fascinating. Do you think who who's the Heisman Trophy leader right now? Is it Jaden Daniels? Does Bo Nix need to ball out to?
1: I think Bo Nix will win if Morgan wins. I think Jaden Daniels. I would vote for Jaden Daniels.
0: He's that, that's one of the reasons he was the main reason why I picked LSU to make the playoff uh, wow. this year and. Unfortunately, defensively, they were just absolutely atrocious.
1: Marcus has the vote again this year, so we'll see Very what good. he would be a vote for.
2: All right. Very good.
1: Looks like the, you know, the Gophers are going to be the only 5-1 team in. Yep. And maybe the Quick Lane Bowl against Ohio. Just, just atrocious.
0: Um turn to baseball here sonny gray agreed to a deal with the st louis Cardinals, so one twins pitcher is gone uh what kenta maeda he signed with the tigers is that correct
1: two twins pitchers gone
0: damn that uh that hurts uh shoi otani's uh, his team is trying or his uh yeah, I'm gonna say his team. They're trying to swear, uh, make teams swear not to say anything, uh, keep you know, be secret about the negotiations. Yeah. Do you think he ends up with the Dodgers? They seem to be the favorite right now. I still think the Mariners have a decent chance.
1: I think it'll be the Dodgers. The, the, the Mariners don't seem real interested. They're like, all right, sure, whatever. Don't, hmm. don't, don't even try. Hmm.
2: So,
1: thanks. Nice, so.
0: Uh, yeah, any, any any other baseball deals that.
1: Uh, I that... like the Tigers to
0: win that division.
1: I don't like the Twins. To do what they did this year and then to say, yeah, we're going to cut the line by $25 like, like, really? It's not all, all this excitement. All oh, we want a playoff series. All oh, we want a playoff game. And then to say, you know what? And uh, the best pitching staff in the NBA staff. And then they go, you know, we're gonna slash payroll by like twenty five million. Like, really? It's
0: not a good luck. Not a good luck.
1: I'm Sonny Gray couldn't have, couldn't have waited to get the fuck out of there. So yeah, they're gonna have it's you know it's like yeah, maybe uh take a break from the Twins. and so, say, you know what? When you're serious, I'll be serious. Other than that, I think Detroit's gonna gonna win the division, they got money to spend. They don't have to put Hey Miguel Cabrera anymore? So got some good young players, and Mel you know, Kent Maeda's decent. So we'll see. what see what they continue to do.
2: How much college
0: basketball did you watch last week? Oh, by the way, I will keep the the hot stove burning here. We'll, we'll keep cutting. We're out.
1: going. We're getting the shit done with the baseball so, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame voting coming up. So thank Joe Mauer.
2: First year on the ballot, I
1: think he should probably get it. You know, first timeouts, that's a big deal getting on the first
2: ballot.
1: Mm-hmm. Adrian Belter will get in. And I think Joe Mahler will, and I think he should get in right away, and I think he
0: will Okay. get in. Right uh, how much college basketball did you watch last week? I didn't get to watch as much as I would like, but I really, really was, uh, what's, what's the game I watched the most of? Purdue and Tennessee in the Maui Invitational. Unfortunately, I wanted to watch Marquette, Kansas, but that game was on too damn late. I Had to go to bed.
1: Uh, it was very, I was very—I mean, a lot of college basketball. The Maui Invitational was excellent.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you? Do you? Are you starting to become a believer in Purdue? Because I think I might be.
1: Uh, a little bit. You know, they beat Tennessee. They beat Marquette. That was good. Marquette looks so good. Man, yeah, Marquette's good offensively. They were down 15 against Purdue, and then they they made a big run at the end to, to get it close. You know, does Purdue what do what Virginia did, and they make a run after losing to a 16th seed? Eh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. They got Zach Eady. He's dominant. You get him out of there, get him in foul trouble. I know, uh, they always talk about Purdue, but anyway, they they're good. I mean they're plenty good. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, you know, I'm sure at the end, I'm sure here in March will be we saying, well, you know, they're
0: thirty and four, and we'll pick Purdue to win. I just feel like <laughs> there's a few more complimentary pieces around Edie this year, like a few more consistent pieces around yeah, but, uh, Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So, I,
1: mean, I don't I don't
0: like Kansas, don't like food. Um, yeah, Kansas. I don't. I'm. 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 I'm a little baffled by, by, by Kansas right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Hunter Dickinson's really good. He might be player of the year. Them I in mean, uh, them in Tennessee on Wednesday afternoon, that was a good game. They 69-60. Uh, Purdue Marquette. That was that was excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Purdue's up, and then Marquette makes a run. And- I mean these are Final Four type games. I don't we might not even see this in the Final Four. This might be the best it gets all year for Yeah.
2: I
0: I mean and we gotta keep an eye on Florida Atlantic. I mean this team Yeah, I mean they're
1: everybody's back from last year for the most part and they what they lost to Bryant, I don't know how that
0: happened. Yeah.
1: But, uh, I mean, other than that, yeah, I mean, you...
0: They beat Texas A&M, though. I mean, that, I mean, that there's... It, it doesn't make sense, but, I mean, they do beat... They, they've beaten some really good teams, like uh, Texas A&M, Virginia Tech. Uh, yeah, and then that Bryant game, that's a bit of a clunker.
1: Yeah, so I don't know where... I mean, other than that, you know, they could They have a real good resume. They might end up being, you know, a three or four seed. They've got Liberty Wednesday at 5 o'clock so like Liberty will be Liberty should be like a 12 seed somewhere around there so mm-hmm. that'll be I mean that's a good game this week uh, they've got Illinois in a couple of weeks and Fort Atlantic in Arizona uh, December 23rd so that's probably maybe the, the last real big non-conference game so uh, yeah like like Fort Atlantic
0: their offense is very good yeah, they they really are. Uh, there was oh this um, what a what a strange uh, way for Jacksonville and Robert Morris to end the game with no benches, <laughs> because Whoa. of a benches clearing fight in the first. Was it? It must have been in the second half. And then both everyone who wasn't on the court. Who came onto the court got ejected, so both teams didn't play with a bench. That that may be the most fascinating thing from the weekend in college basketball.
1: Very odd, very odd. Um, and Tuesday, or Tuesday, and Wednesday were big college basketball days. Mm-hmm.
2: Virginia beat West Virginia fifty-six, fifty-four.
1: That was just atrocious, as you would expect. Just
0: ooh. well, then Wisconsin beat Virginia by like thirty
1: yeah they they beat them pretty good so your colorado squad
0: one. lost to florida state in overtime that's that was a uh, which one uh dear colorado
1: yeah god that they lost that one chance to see them for the first time uh arkansas and stanford went two overtimes in the battle for atlantis arkansas is not very good they've, they've been ranked two. they they lost to somebody Arkansas lost to Greensboro, the other one.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Uh, Memphis? Memphis looks good. Uh, North Carolina does not look good again. It's a bummer. I don't think there's anything missing. I think this is just what they are. You look at their players, like, oh, they got Armando Bacon, they got R.J. Davis, they got these transfers they brought in. Oh, they're really good, but they're not... They uh, were down six versus Northern Iowa before blowing them out in the second half. And then they ended up losing to Villanova in a close one, and then they got past Arkansas. But um, They've got Tennessee tomorrow night at home. I think Tennessee should probably win that game. Carolina plays Connecticut. They play Kentucky the next, uh, next couple weeks.
0: I do not want to buy into Tennessee, though they did look a little different. Better too. They, they,
1: uh, the, the, um, their defense is good, but they just don't score right a bunch. So it's like, all right, if they're gonna, or they, they got a guy from Northern Colorado who's really good. Uh, I, connects. Okay. Connor Connect, the white guy from Northern Colorado, who has played exceptional. So yeah, they've got. I mean, they played Purdue close. They they played uh, Kansas close. So they. Mm-hmm. They know they lost, but they've good, proven themselves. So, yeah, Tennessee, what's this guy's name? His name is Dalton Connect.
0: Dalton Connect. okay.
1: He's a you know, white guy from Colorado, transferred to Northern Colorado, so he's good. Um, I think Connecticut's the best team I've seen. Yeah. We've been good, and uh, for some reason are still only fourth. In the uh, in the rankings, so um, yeah, I, I, would, I would put Connecticut one. Arizona beat uh, Michigan State. I was close one on yep. Thanksgiving. Yep. Yeah, Miami Kentucky tonight. We'll see what happens there.
0: I'm very curious to. See, oh yeah, that's a good, that's going to be a really good game. Um, James Madison keeps winning too. I'm gonna uh, curious to see how they do. South Dakota State keeps losing close games. I wonder how much of it stems from the fact that they don't have Matt Mims right now. Like, if Matt Mims plays, does do they beat UCF? Do they beat um, Do they beat George Mason? Do they beat Akron? Like, they they're close. It would be nice for them to finish off some of these good D1. Um, what I would say would be decent to good. D1 wins. They did beat Southern Miss last week, but um, I I just don't SDSU seems close. They just can't get over the hump, and that's that's a little frustrating.
1: They were tied with Mount Marty last night.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Like you can't. They're, they're an NAI. 41-41 forty one forty one can't be doing that. So yeah, I just don't think they're very good. To where like I don't know who you would say the favorite is, but I don't think it's that. Right, if It's North Dakota State. Maybe I, I don't know, but uh, they got what they got Towson and Sioux Falls this
2: Friday. Yep. So
1: Yeah, just kind of a. They had chances for some nice wins could have been. Uh, could be five and one, six and one right now, but under three and four.
2: Close but
0: no cigar. And you guys won one game.
1: You've beaten, you've beaten two NAI teams. Yep.
0: Yep. Um. That does it for me. Is there anything else we need to get to before we say so long?
1: No, eh, don't worry about it. I, More college basketball, I would say.
0: I think... Tomorrow. Did the Minnesota... The Minnesota Timberwolves are one of the best teams, record-wise, in the NBA. Yes. That is... Stunning.
1: They've played a lot of these teams without their best guys. But they beat Denver. They've beaten a couple of teams,
0: so. I mean, you take your wins, where you can get them. Yep. This is a team that wouldn't have done that otherwise. They play a big game against Oklahoma City. I think that's Tuesday night, so.
1: Their defense is good. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Jaden McDaniels being out for a few weeks, though. That's going to hurt.
1: I have a new favorite team this year.
0: Oh, who is it? Oh, let me guess. Let me guess. All right. Is it the Orlando Magic or the Indiana Pacers?
1: It is the Indiana Pacers.
0: Because Tyrese Halliburton?
1: I like him. He's on my fantasy team. I like him. And they're averaging 127 points a
0: game. Did you see that score they had with the Hawks? What was it? 150. No. Like 307 combined points. It's just amazing.
1: It was the over under was two fifty two. They crushed and then it. And them and that thinking, eh, that's a lot of points. And they surpassed that by over fifty. Amazing. Um,
0: Are you impressed then, that I that I got that uh, that pick? Oh, right? Yeah,
1: that made some headlines though. Both uh, one of the higher scoring right now non overtime games ever. One fifty seven, one fifty two. I mean that's. Things have gotten out of hand of with the sport. Right. Way too much. Way too much. You know, every, like every game is one team to one So it's, but I like, I like the pace. I don't know if they're going to do anything. They'll make the playoffs. So they'll probably not win anything, but I like Tyree Salimert they got a bunch of other guys. I got Buddy Healed. They got a bunch of other guys. They're a pretty uh, deep team. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I like the Indiana
0: race. All right. Very good. I think that's a good pick. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton making headlines across the basketball world. Well, uh, you have a great rest of your week, my friend. Enjoy the college football uh, championship games. Enjoy not having to watch or follow the Vikings this week and lose in embarrassing fashion. And we will talk to you next week.
1: There's somebody out there who's an Iowa... Probably more of an Iowa and a Bears fan, which is bad.
2: Yeah. There's
1: some probably Iowa, Minnesota fans mm-hmm. also bad, but, yeah, we don't got to watch the Vikings, so That's that's good. Oh, yeah. And then Easy. Melissa's alma mater, Washburn, which is a school in Kansas. Oh, they
0: play uh, South Dakota State Women Tuesday night.
1: They do so. There we go. Washburn making the big trip up north.
0: So, are you going to the game? You better get to tip off here shortly.
1: Uh, we're going to be short. If we leave now, we would uh, be right close. We probably miss the first quarter. But uh, bad timing on the on the Ichabods' trip to, to
0: that uh, The Washburn Ichabods.
1: The Ichabod. We got a hat, and that's that's one of the rare hats I would have.
0: Like so the Ichabod cranes. What it is. Like like what, what? I need more Ichabod. What, what? It is, um, it looks like the
2: Monopoly guy. It looks oh. like the Monopoly guy. All right. Um, would you like to buy,
1: would you like to buy this property? Why, yes. Pay this amount. It's the name of the guy who started the school, but he's more like a statesman, a governor type. Okay. So, that's one of the hats I would have, where nobody would know what that is, because it's a it's a division two, I believe. Yeah. Or is it? So I mean, you look at it, you look at it, and we're like, oh, I don't know what that is. So I maybe mean, I'll wear that
0: tomorrow. Very good. Well, hopefully, sorry, Melissa. Hopefully SDSU beats them, but uh, uh, make it a good game nonetheless. But have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you next week, my friend.
2: All right,
0: we'll Travis Crins join me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time and efforts as always. We talked a lot about uh, the NFL, extensive college football talk this week with Championship Week, talk about Rivalry Week, and we will talk more college football coming up here uh, in mere moments with Charlie Hildebrand. Also, want to mention here, I uh, thought about bringing Marcus on this week. Maybe we'll bring him on next week. Get his thoughts on Dean Evison getting fired by the Minnesota Wild. Um,. Wild, not very good this year uh, so maybe we'll we'll uh, get that plus his Heisman um, Heisman vote so uh, we'll, we'll talk we'll see if we can get uh, Marcus on next week to to talk about that but uh, you can find this podcast available on podcastcom or archive.org also on iTunes just search the sports block follow me on Twitter at Andy Stackin, Facebook Nathan stack Travis Crins on Twitter at Travis Crins a link to the podcast posted in the middle to later part of each week Disappointing for the Vikings. Disappointing for the Golfers. My Hokies won, though. They're bowl bound, which is great. Go cool Golfers are bullbound bound, too, but not the point. Rivalry week. Did it live up to the hype? We'll talk with Charlie Hildebrand next and make some picks for championship week here next. We'll talk about all these different possible scenarios, too, for the college football playoff because it is fascinating what could happen. A lot of things. Uh, at stake here this week so we'll talk about that all next with charlie hildebrand coming up here next as we roll on with this week's edition of the sports block podcast available on podcast.com archive.org and itunes we continue here on the sports block podcast and we are going to continue talking college football and who better to do that with than my good friend resident college football expert from the Northwest Iowa Review. It's Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, let me be among the last to wish you a happy Thanksgiving and be among the first to wish you a Merry Christmas.
3: Thank you. You are the last person. I mean, obviously, because you're the person I'm talking to right now and probably the last till next year, and you're definitely the first person to wish me a Merry Christmas. So look at you, trendsetter. I
0: know, and and happy holidays to you and
3: yours. Um, Thank you. I mean, I don't know what we're going to talk about, though. Just a ho-hum, nothing special, no closer entertaining games. Yep. No stakes, no nothing, right?
0: Yep, no nothing at all. Rivalry weekend was boring as sin. Oh, wait. No, no, it wasn't. I'm being told now that it actually was quite entertaining. And, yes, we will get to the game and stuff with Ohio State and Michigan because uh, that was a, it was a good game. It was close throughout. Michigan led, and they never could put Ohio State away, but they won in the end. But the moment of the weekend had to have taken place down in Auburn, where uh, Alabama is trailing Auburn surprisingly enough. I mean, this is an Auburn team that had just lost by three touchdowns to New Mexico State the week before, and here they are, beat, leading Alabama, and they have them at a fourth and goal at the 31, and that's you know. I think a lot of people had to do a double take on that. And you're thinking, no way can they possibly score here. Or, like, th- this game is done unless Auburn gets a penalty. And I think if you had maybe just flipped, you know, looked at the score and then moved on, you would be hard pressed to look back later and see that Alabama actually won this game on a tremendous throw by Jalen Milrow to Isaiah Bond. I mean,. Where to begin with this? I, I, I am.
3: It Alabama the most, did some good stuff. I mean, we're talking about just that play or the game.
0: Well, just that that play, like that is the, the honestly the most stunning play, arguably from you know outside of maybe Hawaii kicking a fifty-one yard field goal after electing not to spike it, and then making it knocked Colorado State out of bowl contention and sent Minnesota in instead.
3: Um, I, I told you your uh, gophers were going bowling. Yeah. Yep. Not in the way I thought they would, but they, but I was right on that one.
0: You absolutely were. Uh, but I mean, h- how do you how do you dis- even begin to describe what happened there in the waning minutes or seconds at Jordan Air Stadium?
3: I would describe it this way: Alabama did a lot of things right, but more importantly, Auburn did so many things wrong with the play. Um, it wasn't the last play. I mean, it was in some ways. It was like a last play. But yeah,
0: it was a thirty-two. I think
3: uh, if if uh, if Alabama was on their own thirty and you only wanted to rush three, I think that would be fair. Yes. On your thirty-one, I think the idea of only rushing three or rushing two and having a spy or whatever it was is an erroneously terrible decision because. All it does is give everyone time to run down there, and you can have fantastic defensive backs. They're not going to be able to cover for forever. Mm-hmm. And while obviously he didn't get for forever because he threw it, he's not still back there in the pocket right now, days later. But he had way more time than they normally would. I mean, he could have made but like, part and of the gone reason you would shot. not want to rush like four or five is you would think, oh, well, we don't want it to, to take off and scramble. Mm-hmm. But in that case, if it's fourth and goal from the thirty one, he's almost certainly not gonna get thirty-one yards. I mean he might get twenty. Yep. He might get twenty five, but at some point you're gonna be like, Oh, hey, we had guys come up and we can make the tackle. And they just he was just able to buy time and find a guy and you know, Alabama, not lacking athletic guys and playmakers, found one in the back of the end zone and you know, it's it's not more dramatic than the kick six. But it's the most dramatic finish since then in Auburn, Alabama. And I suppose it's it's Alabama's version of that, where they're just going to be like, oh, hey, this is all we're going to talk about for the next year. Doesn't I mean, it, in it Alabama, of- I'm sure every Alabama fan that's, you know, married to an Auburn fan or has Auburn relatives would be like, hey, guess what? We're buying newspapers of this, and we're going to send you all your Christmas and birthday presents in, you know, newspaper of that play so you have to see it. And stuff like that. And, you know, Auburn deserves that right now because it was dumb to do what they did.
0: Well, that's good for print media. I mean, you need to get some money in there. Don't you think this goes, though, into Kick Six lore? Like, yeah, the Kick Six is. Oh, yeah. I mean, this
3: definitely. All I'm saying is it's not as big as that one. Right. Because that one had higher stakes. Yeah. It was a little bit more ridiculous. If not for that, this would be probably, I mean, certainly the biggest one in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know all the ones in the 60s and 70s and like early to mid-80s, but... But yeah, I mean, uh, after the kick six, I think this is going to be the second biggest one for a long time, because it's still absurd in the way it played out.
0: Don't you feel like Alabama's like a cat with nine lives? Like they It seems as though their season... Should be yeah, they've
3: had a fair amount of close games. Yeah. And, and you know what? They might have another one on Saturday here. They could.
0: They very well could. We'll get to uh, – we'll pick those games here uh, in a little bit. But, I mean, that to me was the moment of the weekend. And rivalry weekend, you can always kind of the, – the, the old cliche is throw out the records because it's all just good old-fashioned hate between these two fan bases or fan, these two teams. And, honestly, Auburn and Alabama – met the you know met that level and then some and a, as did Ohio State and Michigan. It's the game. it lived up to the hype. Uh, Michigan, as I said, won uh, they held off Ohio State. They win 30 to 24. I mean, I feel like Ohio State kind of got jobbed in a few different uh, a few different times throughout the game, but what, what's your biggest takeaway from this from Michigan's win?
3: Um, there's some on the field stuff and big picture stuff. Which do you want me to start with?
0: Either one. You yeah, you you choose.
3: We'll we'll go on the field stuff first because I think it's less funny slash interesting, but it's still interesting. Is that for so long the thing with Michigan and Ohio State? I mean, because I think if I were before this three straight wins, I think it was like 2011 that Michigan at last won, that one year between Jim Tressel and Urban Meyer when Luke Fickle was the interim coach. And it was, it was something like Ohio State won like 14 out of 15 straight years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and one of the big things, if it wasn't a blowout, which it was a blowout of you know a good chunk of those, but if it was close, it was always like, well, you know, Ohio State was more talented and also Michigan played tight. They were too conservative. And Ohio State played a bit more loose, you know, went for it on fourth down, did some stuff like that, and it paid off. And it's interesting that that in some ways has flipped now. I don't know that Michigan's more talented, but they certainly don't turtle up into a shell the way Ohio State has done the times in the last few
2: years. Mm-hmm.
3: And, it, you know, and it worked out for Michigan. They won. Um, the big picture thing is I don't want to say this is the most important Ohio State-Michigan game ever. I don't think I would go that far. Although if Michigan goes on to win a national final, maybe it will be. But, um, and, and we have a very good recent comparison for this with other teams. The, uh, North Carolina beating Duke twice in men's basketball mm-hmm. during Coach K's last year, mm-hmm. including his last game ever. That This will have those kind of ramifications. I mean, I don't know if this is quite as big as that. But this will have those kind of ramifications for years to come because all Ohio State could do, or not all they could do, but all they said leading up to the game was, Oh, Michigan's been cheating. The only reason they won the last two years to have done anything is because they're cheating. Which you could have made that case going into the game, but with Harbaugh suspended and not coaching, and when all, they had all the you know, a lot of things, at least narrative wise going against them, Michigan still won anyways. It, Ohio State's never going to get that back. They are always going to have to live with the, like, oh, hey, guess what? What are you doing with the sign stealing now when everyone knew about it? We weren't doing it anymore. Or maybe they were, I don't know. But but also, we didn't even have our ball there. We had our backup head coach and still lost anyway. So your, your head coach got out coached by our interim head coach slash coordinator. And that is something that, whether Ohio State ever wants to admit it or not, will live at their cross for for decades to come. I mean, in 2040, mm-hmm. there will still be Ohio State fans that are like, "I can't believe that we lost this game, and I hate it so much."
0: Well, to that level, uh, you know, and speaking of hate, and I mentioned this to Travis earlier. Don't you think there's a chance that this is Ryan Day's last? Um, game, Co- or potentially like last season at Ohio State. At I think Ohio he, State? Yeah, because he's not exactly been a fan favorite. I think there's been a lot of consternation about him and, and what he's done or lack thereof, you know, and getting Ohio State past that point. I mean, he, he's done a great job recruiting, but they have not been able to get back, you know, to, I know they were in the playoff last year, but, you know, that national championship has eluded him. and now losing to Michigan three straight times—is this the, the the straw that breaks the camel's back? And does Ohio State say, "Okay, we we got to get rid of him"? Because Buckeye fans really do not much—they they don't care for him very much at all. And you know, I feel like he's been kind of skating on thin ice several times. This year, I mean, it's not like Ohio State has lit the world on fire. They have some good wins against Notre Dame and and Penn State. But you lose to Michigan three times in a row, and fans are going to kind of come out with pitchforks and, and want someone to pay for it. And Ryan Day seems to be that figure that may just indeed pay the price for it. And maybe he wants to get out because he is, you know, I think he's a little tired of all the, the constant criticism despite him You know, coach. I mean, Ohio State is constantly very good, but it never seems to be enough for Buckeye fans.
3: Um, I think, in terms of Ohio State firing them, I will grant you that there's a non-zero chance. I think it's incredibly unlikely, though, that they're going to fire a guy who was still 11 and one and only lost by six points. To an undefeated team that will all—I mean, we'll see—but almost certainly be undefeated next week, going into the playoffs too.
0: I mean, um, if if they did fire him, who would they replace him with? I mean, I I just don't know who you would get that's better than Ryan Day. But on the other side of it too, maybe Ryan Day's tired of it and wants to go somewhere else. I mean, there are openings.
3: I mean he could. I think there's a higher chance of that, but I still think it's pretty low. Where's I, he gonna yep. go? Right. Well, I mean he's coached at like the highest level of college football. And I mean obviously Texas A and M's job has been filled now, so he couldn't go there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'd want to go there anyways. Um, because you basically just have the same thing at Ohio State, where it'd be even harder to win. And I mean, I, you're right that he could go somewhere with less pressure, but not somewhere where it's going to be as easy to win though. I mean, I'm trying to think of just in my head of what's open. I the, mean... The Carolina Panthers? No, it's, it's just as bad. It's not worse than the NFL. Right. I, right. Mean, I
0: I was being facetious with that one. I don't think he's going to the okay. Panthers, but that's, a, that's an opening.
3: And, and, like, so I would say there's, like, a less than 1% chance that Ohio State fires him. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably, like, I don't know, a 5% right chance right now that he leaves. Now, if they go 10-2 or 11-1 next year, at lose to Michigan again. And, uh, actually, side note, a thing I'll hate next year is now that they don't have divisions, Michigan and Ohio State are both undefeated or both have one loss mm-hmm. going into that game they'll probably just play the second week in a row the following week in the title game, making the first meeting mostly meaningless, which will make that less fun. I'm not looking forward to that. Right. Um, so actually, I suppose if he did lose them, they were 11-1, he wouldn't get fired because he'd have a chance to turn around and beat them the next week, you know, depending record-wise on, you know, what Washington, Oregon, and Penn State are doing. Um, but, like, if they went 10-2... and and a loss to Michigan knocked him out of a conference title game next year. I think we could maybe start saying, like, okay, now we're getting into, like, maybe still not likely, but more plausible that they could fire him.
2: Sure.
3: But I think there's still a ways to go. Okay. And I, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not saying I'm not saying this about you. I'm just saying this in general. Mm-hmm. Is I think a lot of times you make the mistake, and I'm 100%, Including myself in this, I've seen stuff on Twitter and just thinking like this is what everyone thinks, right? When yep. that's only like ten percent of fan bases of teams do.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It's just that I was just mentioning it because there is some growing chatter out there, and it's you know you just kind of wonder when the buck stops. You know, pun intended. Uh, with with Ohio State and like I said, I don't know I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think it should happen because who would you get at this point that's better than Ryan Day. But I do think there is some growing uh tension surrounding uh it just seems like you've been hearing more about it this season than we had in the past. So
3: Oh yeah, this is definitely the worst loss of his career. And I don't mean worse in terms of like the worst team they've played that they lost to. I just mean that. The third straight loss, and it's to a coordinator filling in as head coach. Like Again, I'm not saying he's quite on the hot seat yet, but it's definitely much more uneasy than it was a week ago at this time.
0: What else caught your attention from Rivalry Week? Because, I mean, Oregon made a big statement against Oregon State in what could be the last uh, Civil War for a while, unless they can come to an agreement for next year. Washington with a gutsy call against Washington State, going for it fourth and one from their own 29, helped set up a game-winning field goal. Florida State struggled a little bit with Florida early on. The Gators had a 12 nothing lead, but Florida State finally found their footing. Um, any Anything else, any of those games or anything else across rivalry weekend that uh, that caught your attention and that you'd like to talk about?
3: You mentioned the, all, all the ones you mentioned, especially the two Pac-12 games, were the ones I was going to say. The going for it on your own, twenty-eight or whatever it was, on fourth and one, and it working out is going to be something both Washington and Washington State will remember forever. Um, and also, uh, if I remember, I think the kicker that made the field goal for Washington—I don't remember if I read or heard or where I saw this—but that. He uh, was a walk-on that is on scholarship now after making that one. So yes, good for him.
0: I did see Yep, he did get a scholarship afterward. That's a great feeling.
3: And I thought Oregon and Oregon State would be closer. It was not, right, to Oregon's credit. Um, I think the other thing, too, is that Bo oh, Nix played well enough that I think basically as long as Oregon beats Washington, as long as he plays well, I don't even think he needs to play perfect. If Oregon beats Washington and Bo Nix plays well, I think he's probably going to win the man
0: How close of um, a race is it between him and Jaden Daniels? Because Daniels has put up phenomenal numbers, and it's not really his fault that LSU's defense has been atrocious this season.
3: You're right. I agree with everything you said, and I think it's close, and I think it's just going to hurt him that he's not playing a game next week Kay. and that Bo Nix is going to have a huge stage. I don't remember if the Pac-12 game's on Friday again. It is I Friday. Yep. It is on Friday? It is, yes. Which, that's too bad that it's not on Saturday, because I think more people will miss it that way. But I, But it's still a huge game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the one, know, well, we could debate whether that game or the Georgia-Alabama game's bigger. But, but those are the two biggest with the highest stakes where, you know, both all four teams are essentially, if we win, we're going to get in. And, uh, but, but I still think that if Bo Nicks wins, he gets in. But I, I think it's still close right now. And uh, I think the only other two things, I mean, off the top of my head, if we kept talking, I'd remember more. Or I guess three more. I'll keep these brief. Um, Louisville losing to Kentucky, which I think if Louisville would have won and would have beaten an undefeated Florida State team, I don't know if they would have gotten the playoff with just one loss, but you could make a case for it. Yep. You definitely can't now with two losses. Yep. Losing to Kentucky, um, which also means that if if they do turn around and beat Florida State, Florida State's definitely not getting in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was it? And also Iowa State beating Kansas State in Farmageddon. That Kansas or the Iowa State only ran like forty plays and scored forty five points to win in a snowstorm. Yeah, which was fun and weird. Yeah, and of I,
0: all places to have a snowstorm, um, that's not where I would have anticipated it being. Would be in uh, Manhattan, Kansas.
3: But it was on Saturday, and then the only other one. I'm I'm stunned and flabbergasted that it worked out this way. And we talked about it going into the season that there was like no chance of this, and we weren't alone. I think the whole country thought this somehow. Northwestern got to seven wins. This it mm-hmm. isn't just going to a bowl game, but it's like, hey, guess what? We got an extra win, too. Yeah. And uh, I think they have their new head coach. I don't think you can not give it to them when it's the best season they've had in three or four years or whatever. Yep. And it, all the things working against them. So, uh, so kudos to Northwestern.
0: Yeah. Yep. They held off Illinois. And not only that, they kept Illinois from going to a bowl game as well. So, I, I mean, that's just a cherry on top of the – uh, the rivalry aspect of it. You beat your in-state rival, and you keep them from bowl eligibility. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to get to the, the college football playoff discussion. We'll get to the, the to championship week here in a second. But first I want to touch on Texas A&M. They hire uh, Mike Elko. Is it Matt Elko or Mike Elko? Regardless. Mike the, the, Elko. Yeah, the, the Duke head coach. Yeah. Um, Grade the move. Is that? I mean, what he did at Duke was spectacular, but um, and they aren't paying him as much as what they paid Jimbo Fisher. But uh, given what he did at Duke and getting that program out of the depths of despair that they were in, you know, the two or three previous years before he got there, it seems like a pretty solid hire. But is it enough to get Texas A and M? To where they want to be in the SEC Because I don't think it is But I'm curious what you think
3: I think it's a good hire And it's a smart hire It's not a sexy hire Which I'm sure a lot of Texas A&M fans Hate that But I think it's good And I mean it's it's so hard to figure out If coaches will work or not Because there's so many things that go into it You know who from his staff is he going to keep And you've got to set up your recruiting ties So you know, you maybe can't bring everyone. You might need to get some guys with ties to where you are and, you know, and stuff like that. But the thing I always like, even though it doesn't always work out, I like the idea of taking a guy who is a successful coach at schools that are not normally successful with not as many resources and saying, hey, you didn't have all the emails and whistles. How will you do when we give you more, you know, stuff, luxuries, bullets, whatever you want to call it, or metaphor you want to use. And, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, it doesn't always work. It didn't work with Mike Riley at Nebraska. But other times, it worked splendidly. I mean, it worked with Florida hired Steve Spurrier. And it was like, oh, my God, this is the best we've been in decades. I don't think it's going to be Steve Spurrier at Florida from Texas A&M. I think it will be much better than Mike Riley at Nebraska, though. To answer your question of, like, are they going to win a national title? No, I don't think so. Because it's so hard to win there, and as long as Nick Saban and Kirby Smart are at Georgia, I don't know if anyone else in the SEC is going to win a national title over those two. I mean, the only other team I can think of recently that has was uh, LSU, um, and that was because they had Joe Burrow have like the greatest single season quarterback year ever mm-hmm. which is not something you can and and you know one of the best receiver rooms we've seen in recent memory across the board in college football which just isn't something you could normally bet on but if you want to be better than Jimbo outside of the COVID year I think there's a good chance that maybe not in year one but by year two or three Texas A&M will probably win nine or ten games maybe and And, you know, it might not be sexy winning 50-3, to but they'll probably look good. And, you know, they're kind of, I mean, I would say in some ways they're in baby steps mode. Like, get to winning eight or nine games and then worry about taking the next step. But you got to take the first one first. And this is at least a smart hire, I think, to make that first one.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Other coaching moves, Jonathan Smith goes from Oregon State to Michigan State. I feel as though he would have stayed at Oregon State if there was stability with where Oregon State will be playing next year. Or the, you know, the 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 final outcome of the Pac-12 now the Pac-2, like what that whole thing is going to be. I think he would. I think it would have been smart for him to stay at Oregon State, but he, you just can't with all the uncertainty surrounding where they're going to be playing, what what that's going to look like here moving forward. So he goes to Michigan State. He did a great job at Oregon State. I don't think it's a – I think he's – I think he'll do fine at Michigan State, but I don't think it's going to be uh, wonderful for him because Michigan State is just kind of a middle-of-the-road, middle-of-the-pack team in the Big Ten. That's only going to get more difficult with the addition of those four Pac-12 schools.
3: I debated about this with uh, a friend of mine from college, and we had different takes on this. He, agreed, he basically said what you said. I will agree with half of what you said. The second half. The first half, I think he may have still left anyways for Michigan State, just because I, I, I don't know where, I mean, I know we can figure it out. I don't in front of me know how much he was getting paid in Oregon State or how much he's now. But we've seen this enough with coaches that leave their alma mater because they just go somewhere to get a ton more money. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a good chance he would have left anyways. He may leave after three or four years and decide he doesn't like it. We've seen that before, too. Mm -hmm. Your point that I agree with, I think if he stayed in Oregon State, he would end up being much happier and have a better quality of life and enjoy things more. I think that there's a good chance three years from now He'll have a ton of money and be like, oh, huh, that didn't work out. I'm either going back to Oregon State or I'm going somewhere else. because <laughs> either I've been fired or I just don't want to play Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, Oregon, and USC every year.
2: Because mm-hmm.
3: that seems like a lot.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, it's, just, it's, it's just interesting, you know, the, where you know, these coaches tend to go, and I feel bad for Oregon State because they've had a great season this year. They've lost the last two, but, I mean, look who they had to play, Washington and Oregon, and they kept it close with Washington. Um I just think it's tough. And then Dino Babers gets fired from Syracuse. Any thoughts on that at all?
3: I mean, I feel bad because I kind of like Dino Babers, but I think the writing was on the wall. I uh, i don't know. I mean, it's not even seen. I don't think Syracuse has hired anybody yet.
0: No, I don't believe so.
3: Yeah, so I. I don't know who they're going to get. Um, selfishly, I hope they don't take Nebraska's defensive coordinator, who was recently the defensive coordinator at Syracuse. But I'm not mega confident he's going to stick around at Nebraska. We'd be like, oh, I can go somewhere where we're going to win more than five games and get paid more money. Um, I don't know who Syracuse is going to get. I mean, I think it's just. I mean, it's just kind of a. It's a tough job yeah. at Syracuse. In mean, just a state that doesn't really care about college sports that much. The school really only cares about men's basketball. I think, you know, in some ways it's kind of like Kansas, Mm -hmm. with the difference being that at least in Kansas, that state and the surrounding states care about high school football, where I don't know if anyone in upstate New York cares about high school
0: football. They care about uh, men's basketball and journalism at Syracuse.
3: That's right. That's right. And the New York Jets, probably. Yeah, but,
0: or the Bills. Yeah, I think it got to be more the Bills. Oh, no, like,
3: yeah, so. true. That's a much better answer. It's probably the Bills.
0: So let's get into championship week here. Um, I, there are so many different scenarios that, that could be played out, and we'll, we'll touch on a few of them here. I am fascinated by what could happen if Washington loses – on a last-second field goal to Oregon and loses by either one, two, or three points. Cause, I mean, Oregon to me. Do you me, think like,
3: that's different if it's a last-second touchdown? If it's four, five, or six points.
0: Well, I mean, last-second touchdown too. Yep, that that could. But
3: yeah, but, but a last-second play to lose by a single score. Yes,
0: I just think yeah. Like I was thinking that, you know three points because that was what they won by. Against Oregon earlier, and ever since that game, that Oregon's played lights out, while Washington has played down to their level of competition. But they have come away with big wins against USC and Oregon State. So it's not and Utah. Utah was in that as well, and in Oregon also has played them well. But Oregon has dominated throughout many of their games here since that 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 lone loss to Washington. I I think there would be a case to be made that Washington would still be deserving of a spot in the college football playoff ahead of Texas, ahead of Ohio State, and I, I either Alabama or Georgia, depending on if you know if Georgia were to lose to Alabama. Do you see that being any sort of scenario that the Pac-12 t- could get two teams in? I think they're guaranteed one. It will either be Oregon or Washington. It'll it'll be the winner. But I do think there – is there any chance Washington can get in with a loss?
3: I think they could. I think they would need help. I think they definitely get in over Ohio State. I think Ohio State's not good. I mean, you know, we could maybe – come up with a scenario of Ohio State getting in but it's going to be way harder for them um I don't think they're going to get in over either of the SEC champions either way um I, I think they could get in over Texas that'll be interesting to see especially if Georgia beats Alabama I think that makes Texas's road to get in harder yes and uh
0: also, the fact that Texas plays Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship
3: game. Yeah, I agree with that. The, the other thing, too, we have to keep in mind is that and I, there's gonna, this is going to be the interesting one, is that if Florida State wins, there are going to be people that say Florida State shouldn't get in. And we can debate whether they truly deserve to get in or not. If Florida State's undefeated, they're getting in. Yes, there's no way yes. around that. Yep,
0: Yep, absolutely.
3: And I think, as of right now, Oregon is the only one-loss team that if they win, I'm, like, uh, basically 100% sure they're getting in. Yes. Um, I mean, well, I I take that back. Alabama, I think, would, too. Alabama's not going to get left out if they beat Georgia. So so for both Oregon and Alabama, if they win, they get in. Um, I'm looking at this. I'm just trying to come up with weird scenarios to figure out what happens. If... uh, We can get into some weird stuff if Iowa beats Michigan, but yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's pretty unlikely. Uh,
0: I would absolutely I agree with that. The,
3: re- the real weird things is when it starts to be, if if Alabama beats Georgia, I think that's going to make things interesting. Because then it turns into, like, well, Alabama's going to get in. Is Georgia going to get in? And then it's going to turn into the South, or oh, I shouldn't say the South, the SEC, of, well, of course, the SEC team that's the defending champs has to get in. It's going to be like, well, in other years, that'd be more of a slam dunk. I don't know now when they've not been as good at non-conference play. You know, I don't think, I don't, I mean, I, I think that'll be the big one. So if you want, if you want things to be clean cut, I suppose you would say, well, let's just have, you know, Michigan, let's have either Florida State or Texas lose and then Michigan, Georgia and win, and then I guess it doesn't matter if I win from back the back 12 And then yeah. if you want chaos, I would be like, alright, well, let's have Alabama beat Georgia, and let's have Iowa Oregon beat, beat Washington, Michigan. and let's have Iowa beat Michigan, and let's see how things shake out then. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, I don't know, this starts getting harder, Yeah, and uh, there's going to be some very upset teams about not getting in.
0: Iowa beating Michigan would throw the, the college football playoff landscape into More chaos than I think we would, than we've ever seen before. I mean, it's very unlikely to happen,
3: but. I don't think it'll happen, but I'll give you a scenario where, again, it didn't happen, but was close, and we'll see if you think how similar this sounds in some ways. Okay. If you remember, the endometric ensued Nebraska 2019 had a great defense and a bad offense, Mm -hmm. and played an undefeated Texas team, and came within seconds of winning that one. I don't think that that's going to happen again. But I will say that Iowa does possess the defense to be like, hey, we held Michigan to 14 points. Yes. And if you can hold any team to 14 points in a conference title game, it's not crazy to think, hey, you can have the ball with three minutes left and a chance to tie or take the lead.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to definitely take the under uh, in this. I would, I would as well. Uh, and, and
3: I don't think Iowa's going to win. I think Michigan's going to win, Like you know, 21-6 to or something like that.
0: Is there any scenario where you could see Alabama getting in? Like, okay, if Alabama and Texas both win, is there any scenario that you can see where Alabama would get into the college football playoff and Texas does not?
3: I think that there should not be any scenario where that happens, but I 100% think there's a scenario where it will because they will, people will say, well, Alabama's win over Georgia is better than Texas's win over Alabama. Whether well, that's right or not. That's what people will say. Mm-hmm. And then they'll say, well, you know what? At least Alabama has a better loss because Oklahoma not as good as, uh, as Texas is. And uh, th- this is something I've thought at times. They don't bring this up very often or at least they don't word it this way when we're debating, you know, BCS or playoff and, you know, who's more deserving. Mm -hmm. But I always think that the worst thing you can do is be a team with one loss that lost to the best team you played. What you want to do is to be able to say, like, hey, we lost to somebody that's good but is, like, the third or the fourth best team you played. And look at these wins over these two best teams we played and how good those wins are.
0: So you would rather have a bad loss or an average loss and have two great wins rather than have you know, like run through your schedule all scot free, but have that one loss be to the best team you played?
3: I think that the losing to the third or fourth best team you play gives you a better shot at getting in. Sure. Because then you can point and say that's our upside, that's us at our best, where if you lose to the best team you play, it's harder to say, hey, look at these other teams. A perfect example is TCU not getting into the playoff the first year in 2014, mm-hmm. where Baylor was the best team they played, and they lost to Baylor. And the best team that they beat, I think was the Kansas State team, that finished 9-3 and three and then went on to lose their whole game. And, you know, they were good. TCU was quite good, but it's just like, well, how good are you? The best you played was a game that you didn't win. right? And so, long story short, I, I think Texas should get in based off that resume if they win and Alabama both wins and they are, you know, those two fighting for the last spot, The longer this goes, the more I think that it will not shake out that way, whether that's just, you know, Alabama branding or being hotter at the end of the year. I'm not sure, but I just think that that is what will end up happening.
0: Okay. Well, let's. We're gonna. We're both gonna make our college football playoff predictions here because the the it comes out on Sunday. But let's pick these uh, conference championship games here first. And it uh, begins Friday night. We have two conference championship games. Conference USA: New Mexico State against Liberty. 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central Time on CBS Sports Network. Liberty is undefeated. Uh, New Mexico State has done an incredible job. Jerry Kill, uh, congrats to him. Uh, since that opening loss to UMass, they've gone 10-2. and This game is in Lynchburg, so it's, on, it's at Liberty's uh, stadium. Any chance New Mexico State can pull off the upset here, or are you taking Liberty?
3: I mean, I think they've got a, sh- a good chance at it, but I think Liberty's going to win. I would rather see a New Mexico State win, but I don't think it's going to play out that way.
0: All right, I agree. I will take liberty as well. This, I think, to, to me, this is the game I'm most intrigued by just because of how much I've, I've enjoyed watching the Pac 12 this year. And this is the last ever Pac 12 championship game. Number five, Oregon against number three, Washington, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time on ABC, Friday night. So, Charlie, who's winning this one?
3: First, I will say, I don't want to make it sound like I'm disappointed about a wedding. I saw this, and I saw that just now that it's in Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. and I kind of wish my friend Ty was getting married this upcoming Monday, and I was there on Friday this week and been like, oh, hey, on ESPN it says tickets as low as $45. I would love to go to that game if I'm already in Las Vegas for $45.
2: Absolutely.
0: Um, Well, tell him to get married again. Like, uh, renew his (laughs) vows. Renew his bowels like two weeks uh, you know, two weeks later.
3: Sorry, yeah, you always got to keep that spark going. Yeah. Never too early to start. Exactly. Um, I do think... I think it's interesting that Washington won the first game and Oregon's a nine and a half point favorite. I think it'll be closer than that, but I think Oregon's going to win. I think Oregon's really good. and I think they probably should have won the first time. And... You know, it's cliche to say it's hard to beat a good team twice, and I think that's true. Um, I think it's also hard to beat a team that might be better than you are twice, and I think that Oregon is gonna capitalize on getting the chance to play it the second time.
0: Well, I remember you picked Oregon to the college football playoff, and I believe you had Bonex winning the Heisman, right?
3: I did. That may have played into part of why I'm picking that right now, but yes, that's that those are both acts.
0: Well, feather in your cap, I think, for both here because you might have gotten the daily double here. Uh, I, I like Washington, I've liked them all year long. Uh, I picked them to be in the, the Pac-12 championship game, but I had them losing to USC. And since that win against Oregon, Oregon has played far better football. I am taking Oregon over Washington in this one. Saturday's games here. We have the Big 12 champ, the uh, Dr Pepper Big 12 Championship game, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central time from Jerry World. Number 18 Oklahoma State and number seven Texas. Who's who do you got in this one?
2: This is
3: a good question. I mean, this one's weird because Oklahoma State has been team chaos all year, and the second you think you know Oklahoma State, they either beat someone they shouldn't or lose to someone they absolutely shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think I would have said this 40 seconds ago. I don't know why my mind all of a sudden is changing. I think this has been such a chalk year. I don't think we're going to have as much controversy as we might. I think that Oklahoma State's going to beat Texas, and we're just not going to have the, like, oh, what's going to happen? It's going to be like, well, that got solved for us. We don't have to worry about that. All right, It's a weird Mike Gundy, like, huh. I don't know how he did this, but somehow he beat Texas when he shook down.
0: I think the only way Oklahoma State wins this game is if Ollie Gordon has 250 yards rushing and four touchdowns. Three or four touchdowns. I think that's the only well, way.
3: And maybe I'll have a couple sacks on defense, too. you got to find some ways to get your playmakers on the field.
0: That is very true. Kick a 50-yard field goal, too. I'm taking Texas. To win this one, the MAC Championship from Ford Field in Detroit, ten and two Miami against eleven and one Toledo, noon Eastern, eleven a.m. Central Time on ESPN. I believe you had picked Toledo to the uh, New Year Six game, which I th- is still a possibility, perhaps. Uh, their lone loss coming to Illinois in Week One. So, uh, who you got in this one?
3: I mean, I'm stick. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to stick with what I said in the preseason for everything. In this case, I am. I'm going with Toledo.
0: I'm going with Toledo as well. The Mountain West Championship game, Boise State. This is a weird. This was a three-way tie uh, in the Mountain West. I think it was between Boise State, UNLV, and was it uh, Air Force too? I mean, Air Force looked like they were gonna cruise to um, uh, San Jose State. Excuse me. I mean, Air Force looked great for so long, but uh, it was San Jose State. Excuse me. That was in that three-way tie, and Boise State. And uh, UNLV win out. So this game is being played. I believe is this in Nova- uh, in Las Vegas? Let me let me check here. I, th- I think it is. Is it going to be played at Allegiant Stadium? Are they going to host back to back? Games, uh, yes, I mean, it is.
3: Las Vegas doesn't have a problem with making bad ideas hosting wise. They tried to host Formula One right yes, they or right after we left. So,
0: yep, uh, and it is so back to back games. Uh, not even twenty four hours apart. They will be hosting championship games. I don't know if that's ever happened before um, that a stadium is going to host college championship games back to back days. But um, here we go. Boise State against UNLV. Who are you like in this one?
3: I'm going with the running reps.
0: All right. I will go with Boise State. I don't like. um, I don't feel great about that, but I'll take the Broncos. SEC Championship game, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central time on CBS. Number one, Georgia against number eight, Alabama. Is this where the chaos really happens?
3: I think that this will be one that will kind of be like Auburn-Alabama where it will go down to the closing seconds again. I don't think it's going to get as ridiculous bonkers. Um, You know what? Screw it. I'm I'm just sticking with preseason stuff. I picked Alabama to beat Georgia. I'm doing it again. I'm going to say that Nick Saban pulls out another rabbit, finds a way, whether they should or not. Alabama pulls off the upset.
0: Alright, I think the Cats' lives run out in this one. Give me Georgia over Alabama. AAC, uh, the American Athletic Championship, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time on ABC. SMU against Tulane. Tulane ranked 22nd in the country. If they win, it seems likely that they will be the team playing in the New Year's Six game once again. Uh, So who do you like in this one?
3: I like Tulane, but I don't like him to win this game. I'm going SMU. That's okay. a weak or so, not so fast, my friend, oh, that right. I pulled on myself.
0: You're going for some upsets here. Uh, and uh, it, 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 Which we...
3: seems dumb because there have been so few this season. Yes. I don't know why I'm picking them now. This is going to backfire on uh, me. But... No,
0: it, it might not. Maybe this is the week it finally happens. I'm going with the Green Wave. Uh, this game is being played in New Orleans. SMU has a great offense, but I, re- I like Tulane. I think they get the job done. Sunbelt Championship App State against Troy. I believe this is being played in Mobile, Alabama at Troy Stadium. Or it's just Troy, Alabama, excuse me. But it is played at Troy. um, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Who do you like in this
3: one? I'm taking Troy.
0: I'm taking James Madison. Oh, oh, wait, they're not playing. Uh, Excuse me. I'll take Troy as well. They should be playing in this one, they really should. Uh, Big Ten championship game, number two Michigan against number 16 Iowa. We touched on this a little bit ago, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Uh, I think we both like Michigan, right?
3: I like Michigan. The only other thing I'm going to say is that, I don't remember if I said this last week, but that it's funnier if Michigan beat Ohio State, which happened, because it's so much angst and anger for Ohio State. And as Michigan starts going on their victory tour after beating Iowa, saying, and we're, gonna, we're America's team and no one believes in us, and we're going to beat everyone and we're going to win the national title. And then they're going to lose by two touchdowns in the semifinals and not even make it to the national title game for the third straight year. <laughs> that also is funny to me, and that's what I think is going to happen. And to have that happen, it starts with they have to beat Iowa on Saturday.
0: Finally, the ACC championship game, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central time on ABC. Number 14, Louisville, and number 4, Florida State. I think we can say with relative confidence that, you know, if Florida State wins, they're in, and that will um, end a lot of um, suspense about who the four teams are in the college football playoff, provided that, you know, Michigan and, and Georgia don't lose. I, I was all set to pick Louisville last week. Then they lose to Kentucky. It scares me a bit, but I will still go with I, I'll I'll pick Louisville. I'll, I'm gonna go with the upset here. Give me Louisville over Florida State.
3: I've picked enough upsets that even though I don't feel I mean it's not like Florida State's any favor. It looks like right now they're a uh, a mere two and a half point right? But I'm gonna go with Florida State.
0: All right. Um, so our college football, so you went going Florida state. Okay. So, uh, who will be your four college football playoff teams then when the, when the teams are unveiled on Sunday?
3: So for me, let's see, this would be with Georgia losing, it would mean Michigan's going to be number one. And then I think. I don't know if it'll quite play out this way, but also, you know, you you probably know I'm a sucker for flair, dramatic, and theater at times. So it'll be Michigan 1. It will be uh, Oregon 2. It will be Florida State 3. And it will be Alabama 4, which then means that Michigan plays Alabama in the first round, and they're not going to beat Alabama. But that will, yeah. So, when we used to get the, oh, my God, you know, like five or six years ago or whatever, oh, wow, Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh, these war of words, we're finally going to get that game. I guess we did get it in, like, the Capital One Bowl a few years ago. We're going to get it with much higher stakes. And Oregon-Florida State seems like that could be a fun game. I mean, a little bit mm-hmm. less fun, but Jordan Travis hurt. But if buckets, we're, we're just, I mean, they'll have time to prepare mm-hmm. and get their quarterback ready, and I think it'd still be an interesting
2: game.
0: I think if Florida State gets in... If they beat Louisville, they're obviously in the college football playoff. But I will put very high confidence points against whoever they play for that team to win. Whether that's Oregon, that
3: was part of the reason why I don't know if I think it would shake out that way. So I I think those four teams would get in. Seeding wise, it might be different, Mm -hmm. and I suppose it would be actually maybe I maybe I should say that Florida State would be four because it would be even funnier if after Michigan beat Ohio State. Then Michigan's like, oh, no, we lost to Florida State with their backup quarterback. We had everything else for us.
0: I am going to go Georgia 1. Undefeated Georgia. I mean, you got to put them number 1. Michigan 2. Oregon 3. This is where I feel... I'd I'd love for Washington to be 4. I don't think that's going to happen. Again, like, like you said, if it's a... Like I said earlier, if it's a one or two point loss at the last second, I think there's a case to be made that Washington should be for.
3: In your scenario with Florida State losing, yes, I think it would get quite interesting of is Texas going to get in when they've been good, but maybe not quite as good as some people wanted, or is this Washington team that while they don't always look great in the way they play. Would have an incredible resume based off the teams they beat, mm-hmm. and not even have—I mean, not have a bad loss. The team they lost to, they also would have beat. Till
0: I'm not going to put and Tex- for
3: twelve hours. No. It would be a very heated debate.
0: I'm not going to put Texas in either.
3: I'm going to go Ohio State. I don't. Interesting. I don't. Interesting. You embrace chaos there. Yeah,
0: I I don't like it. I, I feel like Texas would probably get in but they would have to really I think they'd have to really impress I just I if they were playing Oklahoma in the big 12 championship game then I think they get in regardless um or that I think that would do a lot more in the committee's eyes than an Oklahoma State team that's very Jekyll and Hyde um and because Ohio State only lost by six I, I want Washington in. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I want it to. I think the Pac-12 deserves it, uh, especially if, you know, depending on how that game ends. Like I said, it, it, the only way I would put Washington in is if they lose by, you know, last second field goal or whatever. But I'll, I'll put Ohio State in that they get in. So, I Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and Ohio State.
3: So you have Texas winning, but you think Ohio State's going to get in over them, even I, though
2: I would say Ohio would be... State
3: has one good win over Penn State. I guess they've got another fairly good win over Notre Dame, but doesn't look as good as we thought it did at the time.
0: Right. I yes. I mean,
3: it could happen. Like, we've seen it before. What? Whether they ever admit this or not, there are certain teams slash brands that get the benefit of the doubt more. And uh, f- f- all I know through the playoff, the two teams that have benefited the most from that are Alabama and Ohio State. So, it I, certainly makes sense, and I think you might be right.
0: I hope I'm wrong with it, because I don't want to see Ohio State in. I don't really want to see Texas in. I don't want to
3: see this Ohio State team in. I like the one s- last year I got, because it was like, oh yeah, they have a fantastic offense. Yes. It almost beat Georgia Yep. This one, I'd be like, meh. I mean, I, if they played Michigan again, I suppose that might be kind of interesting. Like, I, I, like, if they played Georgia, I'd be like, oh, this is not, I mean, they're going to lose by, like, 17 to Georgia. I want
0: Washington in. I want Washington and Oregon in, provided that Oregon beats Washington. I do, but I don't see that happening in the eyes of the committee. I think I'll, I'll just go with Ohio State. I think that's, they somehow sneak in cuz i i i don't know if texas can jump 3 spots but then again i guess you really only have to you would only have to pass ohio state because washington and florida state would both lose so i maybe it's dumb to not put texas in i don't know i i feel like yeah oh, uh, that's tough oh uh, yeah i'll so i'll stick with ohio state I will stick with that and hope that I'm wrong. Uh, but we will discuss that next week. Uh, SDSU plays Mercer this week at NFCS football. Uh, any thoughts on the FCS playoffs or SDSU's chances on Saturday?
2: Uh, I
3: feel very good about SDSU's chances. I think that they will win this game. I don't think they're going to win as handily as North Dakota State did over uh, Butler. Not uh, Butler. Drake. over Drake. Yep. Um which uh, you, or did you see the final score of that game? I, I think 60. it was sixty-six to three. Yes,
0: it was. Yep. And Hard Drake,
3: to remember, but but Drake briefly led in that game. They, they were up three to nothing.
2: They did, and I
3: like to think that they were like, "Hey, we got things rolling. Now we go." And then it just did not go well for them after that.
0: Yeah, that would be correct. I, the North Dakota State Montana State game is the game of the weekend uh, for the FCS playoff. Very fascinated by that one. I hope Montana State wins. But it will not shock me if NDSU wins. They're playing some pretty good football right now.
3: I agree. And, you know, I I feel very good about South Dakota State's chances to win this weekend. I don't remember. I've I've looked at it, but not in the last few days. I forget. Who would they play? I mean, assuming they beat Mercer. Who would they play in the next round?
0: Uh, It would be Villanova. uh, It would be the winner of Villanova and Albany, I believe. Uh, Let's get here. Uh here we go. Uh Villanova and Youngstown State, I believe, is who they would play. All right. The winner of that. Yeah,
3: I remember they obviously had the favor the favorable bracket, which they should, as the number one overall seed, so things are still setting up well for our Jackrabbits. And I mean I don't I mean I hope they win another national title. They've still got a lot of steps to go through to get there, but I like where they're sitting right now.
0: As do I. As do I. Well, Charlie, I always appreciate the time, my friend. Enjoy the uh, the, the championship week here in college football. And, uh, you know, enjoy the selection show on Sunday. And uh, hopefully we can touch base next week with some reaction to it. Um, and, yeah, and go from there. But, uh, as always, I thank you for the time, my friend.
3: Sounds good. Thanks, Broseph.
0: <laughs> thank you, Charlie. See you later. Charlie Hildebrand from the Northwest Iowa Review, kind enough to join me here with his picks. I, I don't like picking Ohio State. I think that's kind of a dumb pick, you know, but Texas, I think, really would have to impress to. Like, they would have to win by 21 or 28 points, I feel like. At least 20 points against Oklahoma State, which is very possible. I mean, they did just beat Texas Tech by 50. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Texas, Georgia, uh, Michigan, Oregon, and Texas. Now that would be a very interesting college football playoff. We'll see how it all goes down here. It's a the great week of college football as the season winds down and we head into the postseason. We're going to wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block podcast with a look back at Week Twelve in the NFL and make some early picks for Week Thirteen as we always do. And it began Thanksgiving Day, Turkey Day, triple header. How about a surprise? Well, it's tradition. The Detroit Lions lose on Thanksgiving. They lose 29-22 to the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love and the Packers offense struggle in the first half throughout much of the season. Not in this game. They score two touchdowns on their first two possessions. Looked good throughout. They hold on for the 29-22 win. Jordan Love, three touchdowns, 268 yards through the air. Dallas Cowboys crushed the Commanders 45-10. to 10. How about Deron Bland, the Cowboys cornerback with another pick six. It's his fifth of the year. It's a single season, uh, NFL single season record. Dak Prescott was great. Cowboys control. They just absolutely obliterated Washington. San Francisco with a 31-13 win over Seattle then to cap off the Turkey Day triple header. Brock Purdy was great. Christian McCaffrey with a touchdown. Debo Samuel. I mean, Seahawks had nothing going for them uh, pretty much from the get-go here. 49ers roll. Black Friday. First Black Friday game. Miami Dolphins beat the New York Jets 34-13. It wasn't a spectacular day for the Dolphin offense, but how about that Hail Mary- uh, Pick that uh, the Dolphins return for a touchdown at the end of the first half. Really, the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, Tim Boyle, yeah, not much. not very good. Sunday, then uh, the Atlanta Falcons beat the New Orleans Saints 24 to 15 to move into first place in the NFC South with a five and six record. Bijan Robinson a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in this one. Get him the ball. Oh yeah, that that makes sense. Falcons get the win. How about the Pittsburgh Steelers? First game after firing offensive coordinator Matt Canada. They get over 400 yards of offense for the first time since uh, in, in 58 games. They had gone 58 straight games without getting that. They get the win here over Cincinnati 16-10. Like I said, over 400 yards of offense there. It's got to feel good. Jacksonville Jaguars uh, beat the Houston Texans 24-21. to This was a battle for the AFC South. Jaguars. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown in this one. Uh, The Jaguars had a 10-point lead. Houston closed the gap and had a chance to tie the game late, but Matt Amendola's 58-yard field goal hits off the crossbar and no good, and the Jaguars hold on to win. C.J. Stroud, again, another impressive performance in the loss. Indianapolis Colts beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-20. Jonathan Taylor, 91 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns in this one. Colts got after Baker Mayfield, sacked him, uh, what, five, six times, including uh, one that resulted in a fumble, and they ultimately get the 27-20 win. But the Bucs are only one game back in the NFC South, so there's that. Arguably one of the worst games of the year, New York Giants beat the New England Patriots 10-7. Matt Jones throws two picks in the first half, gets benched, Bailey Zappi comes in, leads the Patriots on a touchdown drive, looked like they were going to go to overtime, but uh 38-yard field goal or whatever went wide left, and the Patriots... Fall to 2-9. and nine. Uh, Tennessee Titans beat the Carolina Panthers 17-10. Derrick Henry, two rushing touchdowns in this one. Frank Reich fired as head coach of the Carolina Panthers. That's really all you can say. It. Welcome back, Kyron Williams. The Rams uh, running back missed the last four games with a sprained ankle. He was great in this one. Uh, six catches, 61 yards. Two touchdowns, had 143 yards rushing. Rams roll over the Cardinals 37-14. to 14. Denver Broncos have tied for the longest win streak in the NFL. They beat the Cleveland Browns 29 to 12. PJ Walker had to come in the game cuz Dorian Thompson-Robinson had had to leave for with a concussion for the Browns. So that's not good. Then their defense really didn't play all that well at all. Denver uh good defense, did enough on offense to get the win. Kansas City Chiefs spotted the Las Vegas Raiders 14 points, and it looked like there was a hangover from Monday night's loss to Philadelphia. Chiefs rattled off 31 of the final 34 points. They win 31-17. Patrick Mahomes, good day through the air. Isaiah Pacheco had a good game as well. Uh, Chiefs roll. How about the game of the day? Maybe the game of the year. Philadelphia beats Buffalo 37-34 in a uh, pouring rain in Philadelphia. Bills were up 17-7 at half. Controlled the game. Really, from the outset, the team's alternated touchdowns in the second half. Buffalo missed another field goal. Josh Allen threw an interception. Officiating wasn't great in this one. How about Jake Elliott's 59-yard field goal to tie the game and force overtime in the rain? It's just incredible stuff. Bills, uh, Gabe Davis, and Josh Allen weren't on the same page. Could have had a touchdown to win the game in overtime. Did not happen. Jalen Hurts goes down, and scores a touchdown, and the Eagles win 37-34. Baltimore Ravens beat the LA Chargers 20-10. Chargers don't turn the ball over that much. They had four turnovers in this one. Not going to beat the Ravens when that happens. Ravens got the win there. In the Monday Night Football, the Minnesota Vikings lose to the Chicago Bears 12-10. Horrible game offensively. Joshua Dobbs had four interceptions, so maybe the the euphoria has worn off from Josh Dobbs. Um had a chance to milk the game away, did not. Bad punt, bad defense. Bears kick a game-winning field goal and win 12 to 10. Let's go to week 13 here. Uh, six teams on the bye this week, so it's a fairly light schedule. It begins though with a fairly good Amazon Prime game Thursday night, 8:15 p.m. Eastern, 7:15 p.m. Central, uh, Central time. Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys. Seahawks are reeling right now. We we'll st- don't really know. Have a Kenneth Walker's out. How healthy is Geno Smith? Don't really know. Uh, Cowboys will cruise to victory here in this one. I like the boys. LA Chargers at the New England Patriots, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Chargers, this is not a game that you can lose. If you lose, you got to get fired. Er, Brandon Staley's got to be fired. Given what the Patriots look like right now, the Chargers should win this game easily. I will take the Chargers. But uh, would anyone be shocked if the Patriots win? I wouldn't be. Detroit Lions at the New Orleans Saints, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Lions bounce back with a... Uh, I think the Saints will keep it close. I think the Saints maybe should win at home. Lions bounce back from that loss on Thanksgiving. I like the Lions to get the win. Atlanta Falcons at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. I'm concerned about Atlanta's offense, Desmond Ritter specifically, against the Jets defense. you got to run it and run it and run it some more... Uh I think Desmond Ritter, though, will beat Tim Boyle. Give me the Falcons. Arizona Cardinals at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central time on CBS. Steelers got over 400 yards last week. They may do it again this week. Arizona's not that good uh, on defense. Steelers roll in this one. Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central time on CBS. No Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. I think that maybe means the Titans... Can sneak through with a victory. They're undefeated. Uh, they, they, all four wins have come in Nashville this year. Give me the Titans for the upset win. Miami Dolphins at the Washington Commanders, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central time on Fox. Jack Del Rio, Commander's defensive coordinator, just got fired. So yeah, you're going against Tyreek Hill, Tua, Raheem Mostert, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, no chance. Dolphins roll. Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central time on CBS. The Texans do have a tendency to turn the ball over. Uh, The Broncos defense has been feasting off of turnovers lately. But the Texans, better offense, playing at home. I like Houston to get the win. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Panthers are in disarray. Give me the Bucks for the win here. Cleveland Browns at the L.A. Rams, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Would love to see the Browns bounce back with a win here. But the Rams, maybe have something figured out here. Kyron Williams, they're the big game. Give me the Rams for the win. How about the 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles? It's the game of the week, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. I said it at the beginning of the season. This is a revenge game for the 49ers. They've had this game circled for a while. Philadelphia is winning games close. 49ers think that they got a raw deal in the NFC Championship game because of Brock Purdy's injury. I got the 49ers winning this game. Kansas City Chiefs at the Green Bay Packers, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Give me the Chiefs to uh, get the win here. Slow down the Jordan Love Express and the train and everything like that with the Packers. Mahomes and company win. And then Monday Night Football, Cincinnati Bengals at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Jake Browning, no, Trevor Lawrence, yes, give me the Jaguars for the win. And those are your Week 13 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com in our Football Friday post. Appreciate you listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Very college football heavy. Uh, enjoy championship week. We'll see who the four teams are in the college football playoff. We'll have plenty of reaction to that next week. Maybe an early look ahead to some of the bowl games. Uh, Charlie will hopefully be on with us. We'll maybe try and get Marcus on to get thoughts on the Dean Everson, uh, Everson firing and see who he voted for for the Heisman. Uh, so we'll get to all that, as well as Travis Krins, of course. You can find this podcast available on podcast.com or on uh, archive.org. Also on iTunes, just search Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stackin. Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis Crims on Twitter at Travis Crims, Charlie Hildebrand on Twitter at CE Hildebrand. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy the football, enjoy the college basketball, enjoy everything going on in the world of sports right now. And... Uh, yeah, go big, go blue, go Jacks, beat Mercer this week. We'll be back to talk about it all next week. So for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.